crash and burn. You'll never learn. I'm on the night train. I love that stuff. We are back for another week of SBS Fly Fishing Podcast. And God, I love Appetite for Destruction, guys. Wow. My neighbor's got to show me weed whacking today singing this song. (laughs) So, uh, we are back. And uh, we got a good guest tonight, boys. Mr. Dave Huff from Wolf Rod Company. I can't wait to talk to him. We were just doing some R&D on some rods. They're nice. Well, you were just doing some R&D on some rods. I've been doing R&D on them all weekend. I know. Yeah, you have been. I've Mark been, today. Mm-hmm. We're going to put him through a little workout. Oh, yeah. Nice sticks. We'll talk about that a little more for sure. I'm sure we will. But tonight's show is being brought to us by Predator Fly Company. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. And A-Rex Hooks, fresh water, salt water, A-Rex-Hooks.com. Sims Fishing. Find all your outdoor gear at simsfishing.com. Tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at the new and improved urbanflycompany.com. Why not fishing? Check out their app, the dock. Queen City Guiding. I got some uh, flies here from our buddy Ryan uh, at Queen City Guiding. He also came down and fished with me one day this weekend, so... Uh, Get all your flies at queencityguiding.com. There were a bunch of nymphs and uh, some Chernobyl ants and all kinds of different stuff for uh, for this fall. Coming up soon for some brookies. Goddamn, boys. We sounded almost professional there. Almost. <laughs> Yeti, built for the wild. Yeah, almost. See what I mean? <laughs> we so, should have a list. Uh, we should have a list. But, uh, so what? We got to... Uh, Talk about Jay Smallmouth. We're gonna talk about you guys' trip today. We're gonna talk about my vacation. Or we're we just gonna let that all roll to the second half and uh, just do some bullshitting. How much time we got to we got called Dave? Ten we got minutes. thirteen minutes. Did so, you, did, did you get to fish at all on your vacation? How did I caught twenty bluegill and that was mm. the entire trip uh, my uh, my vacation down to Kentucky. By numbers you caught more fish on this trip than you have on any other. Yes, and by size as well. <laughs> Were there an assortment of uh, types of bluegill, or was it all the same? It was all the same pumpkin seed-looking ones. Oh, was it? Yeah. Cool. So oh, you, yeah. Is this when you were, like, what, close inshore, or you on? We, are, okay, so if anyone doesn't know, I, I was on Lake Cumberland down in Kentucky, and we had a houseboat. So the houseboats, there's no anchors on these houseboats. So every night you have to pull the houseboat up on shore. You got to beach it and tie it off onto trees and stuff. So we had pulled up into a hauler and, uh, and tied it off. And Mary, he sounds like he's from Kentucky. I'm telling you guys, but, uh, you know what? We spoke to no one down there. Like no one that didn't work at the, the Marina that we were out of. We didn't, we didn't talk to anyone. We were as social distant as possible, but, uh, but we pulled into this hauler and, uh, you know, you had five foot on either side of this boat, but it dropped straight off, like from the bank to the boat, to the side of the boat. It was probably twelve to thirteen feet in in a five foot area. So, I caught some bluegills. I I saw a bass surface, and then I did a little bit of walking around, and I had one bass follow a fly that had totally fouled around itself. So it was just like a big ball of hair coming back. <laughs> And I had a bass following it. And that was it. My boy found a, a it looked brand new, uh, Bass Pro baitcaster, rod and reel. Like, not broken, nothing. It was like, 
in immaculate condition. Um, I don't know anyone in the gear world to see if they if they had it or lost it. If anyone knows someone from Lake Cumberland that lost a Bass Pro Shops baitcaster, and they can tell me what lore was on it, I will give it back. But if not, it's uh, it's my son's. <laughs> and by the end of the trip, he was fucking casting it good, bro. Yeah. Casting that baitcaster. All you got to do is crank that brake up on it. Like yep. I cranked the brake to like eight and made it so the lure just fell out of the rod tip with it, like horizontal. Mm-hmm. Keep him from backlashing. And he was casting it pretty good. He'd still get backlash every once in a while, but couldn't hate on that. We all started somewhere. I think that's typically what you're supposed to do, right? You hold, I mean, you have it so it barely I, comes out, or you like it a little faster. I like it a lot faster myself, but like I said, I've been casting a baitcaster for 20 years. Yeah. He's been casting it for two days, <laughs> and he's six. That's how I got set up when I first started doing. It. I still couldn't do it. What one funny thing is, I was, I taught him how to cast this thing. I was teaching him how to cast. I was like, all right, buddy, you got to take it and you got to cast it on the side like this. And I was watching him. He was really struggling. I was like, don't. Come on, Dad. I said, Nolan, you're left-handed. He said, yeah, I'm left-handed, Dad. I said, you cast it on the other side. It makes it so much easier. And then it clicked. And he started casting it so much better. But I, that's just uh, something dumb from being a dad, not, not realizing that your son's left-handed doing sports. That's Teaching him the bat was the same way. I don't know how to do it. What <laughs> hand goes on top to of what it. hand? And <clears throat> tying flies. I, like him and I sit like looking at each other, tying flies. But then I get over there and I don't know which direction he's wrapping it. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so. But the mirror would probably be the best for you when you're tying. Yeah, like I said, him and I just sit there and we look yeah, at each other like yeah, across the yeah. table. And it's mirror of each other. Yeah, exactly. But, yep. but he's a kid and he wraps the wrong way sometimes and. It, it is what it is. Put glue on it. It'll stay on there. Did you guys ever try yeah. to whip finish with your left hand? <laughs> is that try, is no. it like trying to jack off with your left hand? It's more impossible. If I really wanted to jack off with my left hand, I, could, I think I could do it. <laughs> whip finishing gets next to impossible. <laughs> oh, jeez. We're in, what, 15 minutes already trying to get so, left. Um, we did... Uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of vacation talk. We've got eight minutes. You guys are going to take up more than that with your fishing talk after Dave. So uh, we went down to Lake Cumberland, and it was sweet. Uh, I think if if it wasn't a, a family vacation, it would be a good fishing destination. Um, there is a lot of uh, a lot of good looking water, but it's really deep. Um, for us perspective, it's more like a like a Kinzu or raised town. Where it's just steep banks straight up the sides. Um, it's loaded with stripers and largemouth bass. So, like I said, I didn't catch any. But they're there. And I was talking to Dave Huff the entire time I was down there. Like, we were just BSing back and forth. And he's like, dude, they're crushing top water. I was like, that's great. We're tied to the shore. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't do anything. But sit here and drink tequila. So that's what I was going to do. <laughs> we went through so much booze. Oh, my God, Jay. We drank five cases of beer between Bruce and myself. And then, like, 13 cases of seltzer water girly drinks. Oh, my God. Those do better. You do better on those in the, in the heat. Yeah, you do. And 
it was hot and humid the entire time. I was like, if I had a shirt on, I was changing shirts every three hours because the boat had a dryer on it. So you just dunk your shirt in the lake, throw it in the dryer, and it comes out almost clean. But it doesn't stink like sweaty B.O. Oh, most good. Um, it, it had a it had a slide on it, which was really cool. But in the it was like a sixteen foot drop from the top deck to the bottom deck. In that sixteen foot drop, it did two two full spins, so it really beat you up, and like it would beat you up, and you're like, <gasps> and you couldn't catch your breath by the time you hit the bottom. So you hit the water, and you're already. <sighs> Like breathing out, <laughs> it just felt like you're gonna drown every time you went down the slide. So we just took. Was that your experience with the slide, or your son's as well? That was mine. So we just took to taking diving off the top of the, off the top of the boat. It was way more fun, way less impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, my sinuses got totally full of water. I never had that happen before. Like we were diving off a 16 foot boat, and it would go up my nose. In, in my ears, and then, like, Friday afternoon, I was like, my head hurts so bad. And I went like this, shook my head, and it felt like someone was shaking a bottle of water inside my head. So That might have been all the tequila. It could have been the tequila, but I'm almost positive it was the water in my sinuses. Did it drain out? Did you, were you all right on that? I took a couple of ibuprofen and, and drank through it. There you go. That's that's a true <laughs> trooper right there. Um, last night I experienced something that I'm sure <laughs> your nose getting away. Yep. I I experienced something last night that I don't know if any of us have experienced before. I got land sick. I I was used to being on the boat, you know, and then we drove seven hours home, which meant I sat in the seat and drove seven hours home, and then I got in the shower and I closed my eyes and I was putting shampoo on my bald head. And I started swaying back and forth in the shower. Like, for real, it it was a thing. And then, like, all night last night, like, we'd sit at dinner, and I felt like I was swaying back and forth. I was like, this is freaking weird. And my wife says she got it today, like, more so than last night. I remember, oh, shoot, I might have been fourth or fifth grade, and I went to fish the Gulf of Mexico with my cousin Chris. And the same thing happened to us then. We went out for two full nights and a day of fishing. And when we came back, we were like at a surf shop or something. I was like, Chris, do you feel like you're swaying? He's like, yeah, man, I'm swaying back and forth. I've noticed that. I mean, I was having a little 14-footer and fishing through white caps. Like the end of the evenings, you'll like sit there and like bob up and down. And like your knees just bouncing the whole time you're out there. Yeah. Definitely notice that you like go to take like a step on a stair and you're like, cool. Like any almost buckles on you. Yeah, it's it, weird. It, it's super weird. Like it's being land sick. <laughs> it's like that Chuck Reagan song. <laughs> well, I mean that's. I mean you guys slept on there. Everything done there, right? Yes, everything done there. Everything. <laughs> that's what I mean. Well, like well I mean put, being on Jay. a boat. I well mean like. Put. You were eating on the boat. You didn't leave the boat. You didn't go out to eat the restaurants. There weren't no restaurants open, maybe, or I don't know what the situation was, or it's not easy enough, or no. We we bought steaks and ribs and pork chops and spaghetti, and we we cooked freaking I I would say five star meals every evening for ourselves on a grill, and uh, the last night I made homemade garlic bread. Oh, it was freaking good. 
There you go. And actually, tonight's dinner was our leftover meal. We were supposed to have tacos on the boat, but, uh, you know, there were nine of us. We figured there'd be more people here this evening, so we cooked five pounds of hamburger tonight and made taco rings in the pizza oven. Hell yeah. Came out good, too. Mm-hmm. So, what do you boys say? Enough of my vacation talk. Let's uh, let's hang up with me and get a hold of Dave. Sounds good, Chad. All righty, boys. We'll be back. And we are back with Dave Huff from Wolf Rod Company. What is happening, Dave? What's going on, fellas? Nothing, man. We were just talking a little bit off air. Uh, you got a new uh, a new rod lineup. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the rod lineup launched on Monday, and it was pretty pretty successful for for a first-time launch for me. I mean, I've been you know, working on these things since I talked to you guys last time and a little bit even before that. So it was good to, uh, you know, fully launch them and get them out there and say, Hey, this is what I've been working on and this is what I have to offer. And then just kind of see what people's reactions have been. Um, and hopefully just continue to build relationships with customers and get more word of mouth out there that these things are legit just because the price points lower than, a lot of the other competitors I have, like, I want people to be able to get out there on the water and, you know, did some cool, kind of added some cool features to a few of them to, you know, let people know that I was thinking through them and not just releasing um, something that I didn't think out. So so since, since the last time we talked to you, you, you were still selling rods then. Um, I get to cast one of Dick's rods, the musky rod. Uh, oh, yeah. So... Did you wait till all of those were sold before you came out with this, or what? What's the uh, the game plan behind the timing of the release, and what do you do with the so, old stock? <laughs> so the old stock stuff was more, um, you know, if you ordered one off my website, it kind of told you like these things will be ten to fourteen days. Um, and the way I was able to kind of get the ball rolling was, I was using certain models as my um, R and D slash like figuring out what I wanted to carry and not carry. Um, so typically if I didn't have it in stock, I could get it from my distributor pretty fast. Um, and I just kept low quantities. So I didn't really have a ton of inventory to get rid of. Um, and then I kind of just weeded it out and didn't do a lot of, um, you know, word of mouth, um, cross promoting stuff at all until this new stuff hit. So, those were um, those were all just old gen um, things that I tweaked and until I got it exactly the way I wanted. And then, yeah, I kind of they kind of it was good. I didn't have any extra stock here really um, when the new stuff landed, and I just have fifty units of each of those rod models um, I got in stock now. So of the new gens. Yep. Can you go through the uh, the rod models? What 
what do you have uh, listed now? So I ended up um, landing on a 10-foot three-weight called the high stick, which is, um, you know, I called it the high stick. I didn't want to go with the full-on Euro nymphing uh, deal because I didn't put a down-locking reel seat on it um, because I have a few guys local here in Kentucky that are really big on trout fishing, and they they kind of do pretty much all – euro nymphing down to the barbless jig hook you know nymph flies and things like that um but they also enjoy certain times they'll you know enjoy casting and they thought that that blank that i built that rod on was such a great casting rod that um doing a simple down locking reel seat would do it kind of a disjustice by not it wouldn't cast as well you know so i did an up locking reel uh reel seat on it um but yeah, it's equally fun to cast, but it also, you know, um, I have a couple real models that I've tested on it that balance it out really well at the index finger. Like you'd need to, um, high stick if you needed to do that. So that was that one. And, uh, then the nine foot five weight roll caster, pretty much your basic classic five weight rod, um, you know, beginner to intermediate taper. So, um very similar to it's the same taper as that seven weight that you guys casted um it's just a five weight model so um pretty you know really fun for a beginner to cast but if uh you know someone that's been casting a long time has a really tight loop they're still gonna be able to carry that tight loop uh it just might not be as fast as they would like it so and then the streamer stick nine foot seven weight um that thing's probably one of the i mean it's a great rod for $139. Like it'll cast, um, as far as you need it to. And it's pretty stinking accurate. And the, you know, the mid flex of that taper on that rod will, I mean, you can catch a fish like catfish, whatever carp and bend that thing to the cork and it's not going to break. Like it's, it's a forgiving taper. So, um, really like that one. The power glass is an eight foot eight weight. Uh, glass rod that thing is probably one of my favorite of the whole lineup which sounds weird because i'm a musky guy at heart but there's just something about fishing glass that's awesome and that thing it'll actually cast pretty well like it's it's got more of a um yeah it's got a i would almost say it's like almost a salt taper style of design to it um, it's got a big ass yeah yeah so we um that rod started out as a nine foot eight weight and then we refined it down to an eight foot eight weight to get it then the nine foot eight weight was way too floppy <laughs> so um the eight foot eight weight we you know thickened the butt up a little bit more and um it kind of has a little bit more of a punch to it now so it's not your super slow glass feel, but it'll still bend all the way to the cork, and you can still feel it in the cork, which is what I love about glass. While we're um, still on the eight weights, are you? Do you have intentions on coming out with the graphite one? Yeah, so um, I'm testing. Uh, I, I still have so the 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 original seven uh, models. I've kind of left room to add uh, fill in the fill in the holes, if you will. Um, but yeah, I have. Um, the nine weight strip set is the next one, um, in the lineup. And it is a really, really fast, um, 
it's inspired by pike fishing. Um, so as a nine weight, you know, it's saltwater safe, so you can take it to the salt. Um, I have an eight weight version of that that I've been testing that a few guys have fished and they really enjoy it. So, um, yeah, eventually I'll, I'll end up, I'll end up coming out with an eight weight for sure. Um, but yeah, that strip set's great. Um, the colors and stuff make it, um, you know, obviously you look at that and you, you think it, you know, colors of a pike, it's, uh, you know, green, green and yellow, um, pretty cool color scheme, really, really fast, um, taper on that one. Um, and then you got the river wolf, which is the 11 weight. I call it, it's a 350 to 500 grain, um, line, um, spec. It's really happy in the four to 500 range. Um, but you know, you could get away with a 350 that, that rod is like super forgiving. One of those rods, like when you're musky fishing, if you have like a, you know, just a, a, a shoulder breaking um blank it's just not fun to cast for 12 hours a day for three or four days in a row and i really feel like that river wolf is like a, the answer to that like you can you can cast that thing all day every day and go home at sleep at night without having like back pain so that's kind of what i designed that thing around and then the double haul is like the big boy of them all um it's the 12 weight 500 to 700 grain rating and it has the same taper as the nine weight so it's a lot faster it's a lighter blank but faster um and that you could take that thing to the salt or musky fish with it and it's like a rocket ship so that's the seven models i got um definitely uh working on you know other options um sizing um features things like that so um like i said the the features that came out um, on these line, this lineup, the, the nine, 11 and 12, all come with a spare tip and they also come with some pretty cool um, measuring lines on them. So if you're, you know, if you're out there on a boat or waiting and you don't have anything to measure a fish, you can literally just lay the rod next to the fish, get a quick picture. And there's lines at 36, 40 and 50. So what was the price of, point on the nine? Those were the uh, strip set nine weight is two twenty nine, and uh, the eleven and twelves are two forty nine retail. Nice, hot damn for real. Yeah, getting a rod. Yeah, re- getting a rod retail at that price. So you were going to that. Um, were you, you know, seeing something and trying to fill a void that you saw in in the fly fishing community? You know, giving a, a great rod with a, a not a expensive ass price point. Yeah, I mean the original ideal. I mean, even back when I was talking to you guys the last time, which is almost two years ago. Um, probably, yeah, I guess it was almost two years ago now. Like we were we were getting a lot of new members into our fly fishing club. Like the Northern Kentucky fly fishers here locally um, is a huge fly fishing club. And one of the most active ones in the entire state or in the entire country. Um, one of the guy, one of our founders, um, Mike Arnold, actually just won an award from Fly Fishers International for Educator of the Year. Um, just like, I mean, he was one of our founders. He does tons of work with rod building clinics, casting clinics, kids fishing days. So 
that was a huge um, thing for him to win that. And it's cool to be a part of that club, but we were getting 10 to 12 new members at every monthly meeting, like showing up to the meetings and the retention was not happening um, like we thought it would. And it kind of all stemmed back to, you got a guy who grew up fishing farm ponds and has an ugly stick and wants to learn how to fly fish. And then you take them to a fly shop and they see $800 sage rods. They're immediately out. You know, they're like, no, no, it was super fun catching that trout with you guys, but I'm just going to get a MEPS number one and I'm going to fish my ugly stick, you know? So it was like, hell yes. I was trying to find, uh, you know, a way to keep them interested and still not, um, you know, cut down on the quality. And that's one of the things that, you know, I got some stuff in the pipeline um, for like media, um, social media and some video stuff that I'm working on to kind of explain it a little bit more. But I mean, there, I've had a, quite a few people ask like, they're they're just a blanket statement like where are these where are these things made like and then that's it so i haven't really addressed a lot of those because it's kind of not fair to just put a blanket statement on just because something's made you know wherever doesn't mean that it's not quality because i mean yes my rods are made overseas um i've priced them being made in america um and I just can't find the right price point that I'm happy with for the quality level. So, you know, I've worked for over 10 years as an engineer with um, sourcing materials from overseas and working with vendors overseas and, you know, China specifically, if you just call them up and say, Hey, I want a blue five weight rod. They're going to literally, they're going to they're going to pretty much find the cheapest of everything and build you one and send it. But if you say I want a five weight roll caster and I want all these parts like with a parts diagram and part numbers and spec out what colors you want, what part numbers you want for the real seat and the guides and you know, keep them tight and know that you're they if they know you're serious about details and like quality finishing like you can get a good part from them but you have to make sure that you have that communication and relationship with them and that's really the biggest thing that i worked on from two years ago till now was building a relationship with a a vendor that i was happy with and getting the ball rolling and this is kind of these seven models are kind of the uh baby that's been um made out of that you know so it is uh it's definitely not a made in china and that's it kind of thing so so um dave i don't give a shit where they're made they're really nice rods and yeah your uh your communication with your vendors how does that go with a, a simple boy from kentucky uh do you have to learn chinese to speak with these people or do you have to have interpreters or how does that go google translate technology I, you know, they're, uh, it's just a simple, it's, it's, a simple boy from Pennsylvania wanting to know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple. Um, they, they probably use a lot of translations on their end. Um, you know, so, so their responses are somewhat broken sometimes, but, um, I've had very few experiences where I couldn't get my point across. Um, and if I ever have, um, the power of 
pictures always helps. Like, you know, like yeah. if I if I want something, I literally like luckily I went to school for industrial design and I have I know how to use CAD and I know how to use Illustrator and things. So like if I can't like explain it through words, I'll literally make a drawing and send it. Like this is the exact like PMS colors I want and this is exactly how I want it and these are the you know like so that's kind of but I I really haven't had a lot of that like the craziest thing about dealing with China that I've found is that like they their government like literally controls their internet like there's been times when I didn't get a response back for like a week and they're like oh sorry our internet got turned off or like you know like some like they have like like people filtering through their inbox and outbox stuff so like she you know sometimes i'll be like i didn't get a response you know because i have like you set up like two or three lines of communication you got you get skype you get whatsapp and you get email and one of those is always going to work if none of those work then texting works so yeah i mean that's the biggest thing is like if I haven't heard a response in like a week, I'll shoot her a text, my rep over there, and she'll be like, "Oh, I sent you an email." And then she'll send me a screenshot, and I'm like, "No, I never got those." So she'll she'll use a different email, and then it'll work. So kind of that's kind of crazy, and it's something that I'm glad that we don't have to worry about here in America. But yeah, absolutely, um, that's that's something we don't think about. So when it comes yeah. to, when it comes to blanks. So let's say you're messing with one and you want this done. You want a little bit fattened up here. You want changes there. Are they in turn developing different blanks on their end there? Or are they going and buying a different one to match or bringing in different ones from other vendors to match up with what you're looking for? Yeah. So that's one of the things. And, uh, you know, um, that's the tough call is if you want your own blank, um, it's extremely expensive, obviously, because you have to make your own mandrels. Um, and uh, Cameron Mortensen from uh, Fiberglass Manifesto, I hope you're listening because he had some questions about uh, fiberglass rod. And this is the answer. Um, the fiberglass rod that I released is not my personal uh, mandrel taper. It is something that luckily I built a good relationship with my uh, vendor and helped them tweak to get it to where it is. Um, but in order to keep the pricing cheap, um, I didn't take, um, design rights and say, I want to spend, you know, X amount of dollars on that blank so that only I can use it. Like even like carbon nets, if I wanted to make a carbon net that was only mine, the mold cost is like $3,800 just to get the mold. And then if I do that, if I pay that, then, then they'll produce that mold for me and they won't sell it to anybody else but me. So were you always allowed to get that mold though, or what happens if someone down the road says, Hey, I want to pay X amount and I want to purchase that blank for myself. They, they won't, they will not do it. Um, and you know, but I, I didn't do that with any of my rods because I basically just picked through catalogs and ordered over the last two and a half years. I've ordered, I mean, my wife, my wife's an accountant. Um, so she has like the numbers to a T, but like I've, spent like close to $20,000 ordering just different like blanks and guides and cork and build my own rods and getting fully built rods shipped here, you know, sending them to people to test. Like, you know, it's just, you just kind of, 
you got to weed through all the crap to find the good stuff. And then once you figure out what you want, you know, and what I ended up doing was I found the blanks that I liked and then I figured out which guides I liked. And then I figured out what cork I liked and which cork I, you know, there's sometimes, you know, there's certain places where a 4A cork is really great. And there's other times like I don't like 4A cork on musky sticks because I think it's too slippery and it just doesn't have enough grit to it to like get a good grit. But I think it's really good for some of the, you know, Euro nymphing stuff and lighter rods. I think it's nicer for that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the process I just went through. You know, I'd be like, I like this rod, but it doesn't really, it doesn't have a good enough tip feel. And then, you know, she will recommend a different one. You know, my reps was really cool about that. Just finally get to where you want it. And I mean, maybe one day I'll end up buying my own mandrels, but I mean, let's face it. We're all pretty much all, we're all fishing old Gary Loomis mandrels. (laughs) Like 90% of us are, I would think so. So your um, wife's an accountant and she lets you spend 20 grand to make your own rods. You know, it's it's an investment. <laughs> she has to be a saint. God bless that woman. Yeah, she <laughs> she is the most supportive uh wife, you know, like she's she just 100% supports my vision through this the whole time and I mean obviously I I build trails and have a full-time job, so um this is kind of my pet project and you know, I, I, tr- I truly, uh, firmly believe that you need to invest in something, um, before you just send it to market. And, you know, since my name is literally attached to the company, um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to make it, my name's on the rod. I wanted to make it right. So, um, it's not fair for me to spend the first couple of years, uh, releasing crap and letting all my customers be the ones that you know, figure out if it's good or not, you know, so. So on a more sensitive subject, and we all can attest we have four or five rods ourselves and reels that are completely gutted and tore through from the, you know, tungsten and the lines. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that, the you know, tips of the 11s and 12s are going to hold up? Um, I think that they're going to hold up awesome because they're titanium guides, and I've casted one for over two years now and i still haven't cut through one nice nice so there's no silver shining through on it yet oh i mean the black they're black so they do lose some color but they don't they don't groove nice yep awesome so hey i i had a stripping guide on a a high or a a brand name rod Mm -hmm. start getting grooved up are you doing anything different with the stripping guides all titanium man they're all titan time minimum Pack Bay type minima. Look at you. All, all the way down. The Even those big oversized ones on the River Wolf and uh, Double Hall, they're all titanium. I noticed nice. the eight weight. Yeah, the glass rod had some, the stripping guides at the bottom were real nice and thick. Yeah. The So the eight weight, nine weight, 11 and 12 are all salt safe. Um, and that's only because I'm super greedy and I love fishing for redfish with a glass rod. <laughs> so Aww. I... Yeah. I was like, I can't not make this salt saltwater friendly because, like, that's my favorite thing to fish for when I go to Texas. So that's gonna be my new favorite freaking carp rod. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Hybrids too. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, with the cork, I, can't, I can't wait to see what some people will end up doing. With the cork, uh, how how far down in the weight do you go and put the like the denser cork for the where the thumbs at? The the double. Uh, oh, the dual compound cork. Is, yeah. Uh, right now, right now it's only in the uh, the musky stick and the the twelve weight, the river wolf and the double haul, um, and that's that's mainly for. I I don't know about you guys, but I wear like where my thumb is at on a on a casting like a bigger rod like. I'll literally like compress the cork. Like it's like softer after a couple of years just from, you know, and I've seen, um, when actually when we were shooting that video with Pogo last June, I watched the dude cast one of his rods and like the cork just exploded. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's a musky guy thing just from throwing like big stuff. Um, it's not necessarily a salt thing cause the, the flies aren't really that big. You're just having to cast into the more wind. So, but those big flies, man, like it's not all in the double haul for some guys. Like they really like, I mean, they put a lot of pressure into their casting arm too. So, um, so for now it's just for those two, but, um, you know, if, if the, the comments are good on it, I'll definitely consider doing it like in smaller rods. Cause I think it, I think it is like a good feature. The only rod I've, I've ever had to happen to was an eight weight, but it was a Cabela's rod and it was yeah. cheap cork to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cork is tough, man. Cause you never know. You don't know what people, how people treat their stuff. Like, like I, I'm terrible with rods. Like I don't clean them like I'm supposed to, but I'm, I'm also the last two and a half years of my life. I've literally been trying to kill rods, you know, like, like when I got the the Riverwolf blank that's on that blank now, when I originally got that blank almost two years ago, it sat on my boat for six months, fully built. Like every day it sat outside, like rain, snow, it wasn't covered. It was just on my boat, ready to go fishing for six months. And it got every element you could possibly get thrown at it. And it's, I still have it. I still fish it. You know, so so what, mean, what happened after six months? Did it discolor it all? Did it anything happen it, to it? It bleached it out a little bit, and some of the like filler is gone, but the filler has kind of been filled in with grit and slime and just you know character. Yeah, um, I mean, nothing. You could easily, nothing you would you expect. Could easily like buff it out and like fill it back in if you want. Like there's no like no, none of the corks broken or anything. Um, I should probably do like a side-by-side picture one day just as, you know, a couple of years from now, I'll pull it out and be like, this is the original cork from, you know, 2017 or whatever when I bought this thing. So, but yeah, it's still, still holding up. And I mean, that thing's been to Canada twice now. It's been down to Tennessee for the um, muskie tournament down there. Like it's been a lot of places. It's caught a lot of fish, so seen a lot more fish than it's caught but that's okay <laughs> so your fishing style what what size flies are you throwing with that 11 weight um i like for the 11 weight i'll go up to about 12 inches i don't 12 inch game changer something in that range um anything bigger than that um i i really like the the 12 um for anything bigger than that my 12 is like my my winter rod you know, 
when I'm just casting big stuff and letting it sink and stripping slow, um, that's my 12 weight stuff all day. And the style of fishing you're fishing, it's creeks and uh, like little creek systems or what are you, yeah, mostly, what's your go-to? Uh, my, my go-to, um, yeah, I mean, little, little rivers, um, and you know, some creeks and stuff. Uh, you know, I honestly haven't really even gotten to fish a lot local, um, been d- doing a lot. You know, I went up in October, I went up to that, uh, monster mash tournament and fished up there. Um, that was cool. Um, you know, that was all big, big lake stuff, pretty open, big casts. Um, and I, I actually didn't really even get to fish a whole lot on that trip because I was just coming back from an injury, um, that I had, I tore my bicep in, in July of last year. So I had to get that thing all repaired. So how'd actually, you, how'd you do that? Was it a work injury or a fun injury? Um, that was actually, I do, I'm a member, a team member of this, uh, event in Cincinnati called danger wheel, which is, um, I'm the, I'm the course designer. Um, and I'm also in charge of the trikes. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's, we got a fleet of 10 drift trikes with no brakes on them. And there's a bunch of man-made ramps and things. And you, you start at the top, the entire hills lined with uh, hay bales. We closed down one of the roads. Um, and it's a big fundraiser for the city called danger wheel. Um, one guy gets on the trike with a helmet, two guys push you. There's like a starting zone, like 30, 30 foot, like starting pad. And basically when they blow the horn, like it's a rate two, one on one V one race. And the, you know, two guys push you down the hill and then once you're going you've got a series of massive jumps to uh hit and whoever wins you know goes on to the next race and you know it's cool like people walk up and down the street with like um these like rolling carts full of uh water balloons you can buy water balloons for a dollar <laughs> piece and chuck, <laughs> chuck them at the racers so so you said that yeah. The winner gets to go to the next round or has to go to the yeah, next round? Yeah, they, they have, <laughs> yeah, there, there's no, um, it's pretty fun when all of like the, the board that created it, when we get together, like, um, the ideas that come out of our head, uh, are pretty awesome. Um, two years ago we we were like really bummed that people were getting double elimination and not being allowed to go back in. So we actually created a um blindfold round where you could um you could sign up when you signed up you could say if you if you lose you can get back into the race by racing the blindfold rounds and basically we have these two helmets that are blacked out so you can't see anything and uh you have to do you have to do the blindfold race but if you win the blindfold race you get back in to race to win so it's crazy. It, it like people sign up for it. And that's <laughs> what it, you were so. doing while you hurt yourself, right? Yeah. So I was, I'm, <laughs> I'm in charge of the ramps and what happened, I was lifting one of these big, uh, heavy, like wooden ramps and I just heard my arm pop and that was that. So, um, nothing cool. I was just working, uh, trying to get the event rolling. We're getting, placing these big ramps out. We got one ramp called spinal. It's like a 30 foot, like table, wooden tabletop. You guys had just check it out on Instagram, Danger Wheel. It's Cincinnati. It's like, it's a pretty epic event. There's lots of carnage. So, so this year, if you guys do it because of COVID, 
you should uh you should replace the blindfold round with the peyote round. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't, just do I don't a bunch of peyote and go down the hill. Our insurance guy might not like that. Um, we actually canceled it. It would have been the race would have been um, yesterday. Oh, so um, I would have drove through it yesterday. Yeah, so you would have you would have been driving through Cincinnati and being like, "What in the you know like?" I would have stopped uh, for sure. So everyone that really is like hardcore, like we literally have fans that like can't wait to come to that race every year. Um, and they're so bummed and, but so scared shitless now because we've already said like next year we're going to double the danger and they're all like, holy shit. Like, what are they going to do to us? Like, so you should do one in the winter. Like when you're allowed to do it, like do it like January 23rd. Dude, when no, it's freezing no, ass cold. No shit. One of the guys from Cincinnati Streets Department literally said, dude, if you guys ever want to do these in the winter, we can close down the street and you can freeze it. And we're like, oh, <laughs> like oh, this oh, guy. So awesome. that'd be you know, fantastic. We're like, this, Put, I don't, I don't retro- know how much that insurance policy is going to cost, but I'm in. Retrofit like, those, uh, those trikes with ice skates? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, just cut some people. <laughs> Dude, you you need oh. to watch some videos and then tell me <laughs> you would you would go down that with ice skates attached to them because like it's amazing that people haven't been more seriously injured. Like there's some amazing amazing crashes. So. Have you gone down it? Um, I'm, dude, I'm in charge of the ramps. So I test them. Okay. So yeah. So all I've the... never raced. I've never raced it though because I'm always too busy running the event. Um. Which I think is, I'm okay with that. Like, I turned 40 last year, so, um, you know, I always enter a team and I find, like, a group of, like, young motocross kids that I've always, like, known and, you know, mentored, and I know they're stupid enough to do it, and they'll do it, so. So all the pump tracks you build, do you you ride those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, they're fun, man. I, uh, yeah, that's one of my, I mean, obviously... Um, I don't get to ride as much as I would like to just because, uh, working, building them. But, um, yeah, the pump tracks are fun. There's nothing better than putting down like a fresh asphalt pump track and getting the first chance to ride it, you know? So we have one around here local and that's the only one I've ever gotten to ride. And it, uh, okay. it is a awesome hoot. Uh, since the last yeah. time we spoke to you, my son started riding it, uh, he he had ride, ridden a Strider bike, you know? Mm-hmm. He learned to pedal, and the next day, him and me and his Uncle Ernie went to uh, went to the pump track, and he started doing a pump track, like, the second day pedaling. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, man. The, those things, it's crazy how much, like, skill they, they build. Like, you can, if you have one around you and you ride it, like, once a week, you're going to be better. Uh, within a month you'll see a huge improvement and i mean if you ride it more than once a week like i mean and it is a workout oh, i was gonna you say act- your cardio <laughs> oh yeah if you actually get to the pumping and like get the you know pumping up and down and getting like so you're not pumped like pedaling at all like it is a really good cardio workout yeah chad I- needs to spend a little more time on the pump track <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got my covid 15 going on oh yeah don't we all Man, I'll tell you what, I say that, but I've been so busy building trails. I've got, I've got, a, I'm booked through the end of the year pretty much up in uh, Columbus, Ohio area. 
Um, and when you say building trails, are you building mountain bike trails? Are you building hiking yep. trails? or what? Mountain bike trails, um, flow trails, kind of what I specialize in, like more like flow trail and downhill stuff. So um, working on a big park there called Horns Hill Park. Um, and then also another park, Burliner Park is there. I'm going to do some stuff out there. So um, that's super, I'm super fortunate that my my work is in the middle of the woods. So social distancing has not been a big thing. Like that's, just that's one me more, and my team. That's one more thing I want to ask you about. Your uh, your rod line just came out this Monday or last Monday, yeah. correct? Yep. It, was it slowed down by COVID? Seeing how a lot of the parts were coming from overseas? You know, it was um, initially it was slowed down. What ended up happening is um, the timing for my release was about um, three weeks later than it was supposed to. Um, what really, what really slowed me down was, um, typically when you spec a new rod, um, after one month, you'll get a sample. Um, and that was majorly delayed. Like I was supposed to get my samples like in like April and I didn't get them. Um, but I got them in time. And then, um, you know, they're, they just want to make you happy. Um, they'll do, they'll do anything to like keep your relationship good. Um, so they were about three weeks behind on the total order, which given everything that they had to go through over there. Um, I mean, what can you say, you know, like, and I, I, I basically just, you know, they, they, they gave me a couple options and I basically just let them know like, Hey, don't stress out about missing your deadline because Chinese people are very like, they get very stressed if they say they're going to have it by a certain date and it's not done. Like they feel really bad about it. And I basically just told them like, Hey, quality is way more important to me than, than meeting a deadline. Like I want you to make them right. Um, and if they're not right and you meet my deadline, you're going to have to redo them. So just do them right and be a couple weeks late. I'm cool with that. So, and that's what ended up happening. And I mean, so which were the last test blanks that you were waiting on? Um, the, Oh yeah, that was the river wolf was the last one I received. Um, and that was the, the final, the final one there. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, that one took the longest, um, just cause the paint was a little different for them. The metallic gold is a little, little tough and they, um, you know, I wanted them to be right. And yeah, I think they, I think they nailed it there. They, um, you know, that color scheme, I think, man, I, I originally, I was like, I'm going to change the color schemes every year. But I was like, man, that one's, I like that one. That one might stick for a little longer. We'll I, would, see what people... I wouldn't change that one bit. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I wanted it to be kind of like, you know, every year, like, you know, the the models are relatively close to the same, but they might have different colors. Oh, um, do, I, do I, a raw in that eight-weight glass. Yeah, a that, raw? Or the raw, the white raw glass. Yeah. Color. Man, I... I, that was so. Those are the two colors. I was when I, you know, when I was developing these, I, I was going to do raw and green, or yellow and green, and the the votes were like fifty fifty. And then I just said, you know, I want I'm going to do a yellow one. And I honestly, I did a yellow one because there's like two or three other companies that 
that do the raw, you know. Oh yeah, I think a- yeah absolutely. With, yeah. My, my butter Wade, sticks. Wade white. literally, w- Wade literally came out with a, a white and lime one, or a raw and green one, like a month and a half ago. You know, so I'd have been, dude. If I'd have released that thing as the same colors, I'd have been bummed. You know, so um, I'm glad I went with the ones I did. But yeah, I mean that thing, I could do that that one in pretty much any color. That. Uh, yellow and green that you have makes me want yeah. make it makes me want to go to like Key West, Florida. Oh yeah, catch bonefish and eat key lime pie. Hell you know? yeah, <laughs> goddamn right. That's what yeah. That's why I picture in my mind with that rod. My buddy was like, "Man, this makes me want to go get a mellow yellow." And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like, like, dude, I haven't heard of mellow yellow in like a decade. Like, I'm cool. I'm totally cool with that. Like, they, they had them down at the marina down in Kentucky. Oh, I'm sure they did. Did you get you some AL81? What the hell is that? <laughs> it's like it's like our it's like Kentucky's version of ginger ale. No, no, I bought some Yoo-Hoo's though in cans. <laughs> oh, and, ooh, the canned Yoo-Hoo. You're living life on the edge. You don't know how long those have been in there. I know. <laughs> at least the glass ones, you can see how much buildups at the bottom. Those those canned ones. Those did, if they were dusty, walk away. I needed something that wasn't alcohol. <laughs> shake, shake till you have carpal tunnel before drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is it still so heavy? Yeah. I tr- I've been trying to get my, my son. All he drinks is water. I'm like, buddy, you like chocolate milk, don't you? He's like, yeah. I said, have a yoo with me. Come on. He's like, no. no. <laughs> I saw where those came from, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked the straw. I always did uh, strawberry yuho and fruity pebbles. That was my thing as a kid. Oh man, <laughs> diabetes here I come. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. that would be delicious. Yeah, yeah. Just don't <laughs> knock it till you try it, right? <laughs> I I was looking up how to make yuho martinis on the boat. Oh, oh. <laughs> I I didn't actually follow through with it, but I did make a. We got raspberries, and I crushed up some of uh, the crunch bars, like the little Nestle crunch oh, bars, yeah. and I poured vodka on top of them, and we were eating it with a fork. It was like doing shots with a fork. Where did you find raspberries in Lake Cumberland? Uh, the Walmart. Oh, okay. <laughs> California. Yeah, they came from Mexico. Well, so for, for like people that have never been to Lake Cumberland, like there is nothing close to Cumberland. Like It's a major drive like to go to any store so but you have to plan ahead for sure yeah we dude we didn't get off the boat one time the entire that's, seven days that's impressive that means you brought a lot of shit oh my god we we were totally ruining the uh the loading zone because we made like three trips down to the boat from the truck yeah that's all right <laughs> so that's uh funny. you're you're uh Three weight was the high stick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you have much to do with the uh, the R and D in that rod? You know, um, I started the ball and I immediately punted. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm just not a Euronymph like high stick guy. Um, yeah, I, t- I figured. You know, like, like I mean, we all pretty much all of us has started out like fishing for trout and I still love fishing for trout. Um, I just like throwing five inch streamers for trout. Like, I, you know, like I like to go to the white river and streamer fish for trout. Uh, 
So there's a guy, um, there's a guy from Kentucky named Eric Berenson that helped me um, with a ton of R and D. He also is part of the Kentucky Trout Tour, um, and he does some uh, he does some like guided. Um, he's not not like fishing guide, but he does guided instruction. So um, him and his wife have a little um, startup thing called Bear and Sons. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have a website now and he's been really helpful with, uh, feedback on that rod. Um, and I've had a couple other guys, um, a couple other trout guys that have just picked it up. Um, one of the, one of the guys from our club just bought one. Um, he wanted to buy it and was kind of like, you know, mind if I test it before I buy it? And I, I drove over to his house and he, he put some line on it, went out in his front yard and like casted it like four times. He's like, yep, this is awesome. I'm buying it. You know, so those kind of parts, that's like better for me. Cause I mean, the guy that Josh, the guy that bought that rod was like, he's an amazing caster. Like every year for our little summer uh, fly fishing Olympics thing, he always wins like farthest cast. Like he's got just guys like the most beautiful loop ever, you know, and to have him pick it up and literally within three or four casts in his front yard, be like, yeah, this thing's sweet. I'll take it. You know, I'm like, okay, sweet. You know, um, made me feel good because that was one that I didn't have a lot of hands on um, testing on because I had to rely on dudes that do it more than I do. So, so can can I ask you something about your uh, your club? Yeah. Okay. So you said you're one of the bigger clubs in Kentucky, correct? The bigger clubs in the country. In the I country. think we're um, we're ne- we're knocking on the door of 300 members. Okay. So um, for people like me and people that don't know the scene, Kentucky doesn't seem like a mecca for fly fishing. What what is everyone fishing for down there? I know what you fish for. What what the, well, the, the majority of the people down there fish for? Well, you know, it's we go to the local club uh, or the local shows and stuff, and the biggest thing is just the panfish, largemouth bass. Like Kentucky has some amazing smallmouth bass fisheries. Um, crappie, like these dudes fish for everything. Like, I mean, like lots of gar, you know. When it's too hot for musky, a lot of the guys switch over to gar, um, throw rope flies at gar. That's a blast. You sight fish for those things all day down here. It's, it's so fun. Um, you know, carp, pretty much the same stuff you guys fish for up there. Okay. Um, the, the, the biggest teaching thing for them is, um, you know, they a lot of people have this idea that fly fishing is only for trout, and they're really good about um doing local tying nights and rod building classes and uh it's just a super active club man that's why that's what like every every presenter that comes and speaks for us like they're just blown away at how active the club is you know now not right now because of the covid stuff that's going on but um but yeah that's what makes them kind of stand out is they've they've just got a little something for everybody um and uh, their women's outreach has been really good this year. So, um, yeah, you, you name it. You guys know how it goes. Like, you can you can throw a fly at anything as long as you know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like you said, we're the same up here. We're not yeah. chasing anything special, but 
it's all fun to us. Yeah, I mean, if you have a couple minutes and you can get out and fly fish, like, I mean, yeah, would I love to? Would I love to be like catching muskies all the time? That'd be awesome. But I got a minimum hour and a half drive to muskie fish. Like, and most of the places are three. You know, so I mean, if I can go to a, a farm pond or a local, you know, pond that's stocked with crappie and bass and bluegill. I take my nephew out there and I mean, catching 30 bluegill on topwater popper, it never gets old. I'll take that every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the first rods that I actually built for myself was a nine foot, uh, three weight fiberglass rod. And that's like my ultimate local, like bluegill crappie, even some certain bass. There's some bass. I don't know if I'd want to catch on it, but you try. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. i like fishing trout with it too i mean i like it's a fun trout rod for me nine foot three weight that's gotta be floppy as hell yeah it's a <laughs> it's not like a super slow modulus um it's a it's an s glass not an e glass so it's 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 pretty good i mean it's nothing not like super snappy obviously but it's just cool it's a good feeling i mean make a you know a hand-sized bluegill feels like you're reeling in a five-pound largemouth. So, <laughs> hell yes. God, how, how many rods do you have in your basement? Um, that is a. I don't. I don't even want to know that. That's <laughs> that's not a statistic or a metric I want to keep on paper anywhere. Don't so. don't let your wife the accountant know. Yeah. Oh, she sees them. They move. <laughs> yeah. They're there. They're not hidden. So, uh, you know. Luckily, I try to. I rotate through them a lot. Like, if there are blanks that I don't care for, I don't keep them. Like, so I'll either give them to the club to give away to somebody that needs a rod, or you know, give them to a friend. Like, you know, somebody breaks a rod on a cow, dude. I got, I got one here. You know, so I don't like just accumulate like tons of stuff. Like, but yeah, I probably do have like fifteen rods at least. I would think down there. That's reasonable. Yeah, yeah that's not that's nothing not super that bad. bad. No, I, I was thinking you yeah. had like eighty five rods in a yeah, corner. Say, now, <laughs> now, now you say that, I feel guilty. <laughs> well, I, mean, I thought you had a garbage can full of blanks. Yeah, no, I uh, I try I try not to keep the stuff that I don't you know want, um, you know, within reason. Now I do have like three hundred fly rods in my basement, but they're for sale. So if anybody wants one, you know where <laughs> We'll get to that at the end of the plug or at the end of the show. <laughs> it, you know, there's an, I'm not a very like I'm not worried about too much, but ordering 350 fly rods like the week before COVID-19 shut down our entire country. I'm sure that puckered you up a little bit. I was a little freaked out. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh, boy, this is this was not good timing. One thing we haven't touched on, uh, I'm wearing a pretty fucking sweet Wolf Rod fly or Wolf Rod Company hat right now. Um, oh yeah, you got the flat bills. Yeah, man. So, yes, sir. what what went into designing those? Because they're totally different than any other flat bill I've I've ever wore. Man, those are just they're Richardson uh, 168, and uh, they're a seven panel hat instead of a five panel. Yeah. So they have a little extra panel at the top which kind of gives you, it just kind of gives it a different feel. Um, and it's just, 
it's just the way I, I'm always like super picky about like my branding and like, I will never put my logo on a shirt. That's not super comfortable. And it's the same with hats. Like, um, I, I tested them out. I bought a bunch and I was like, this hat is sweet. I like the way it fits. I'm not even, I like, I don't look too bad in a flat bill hat. Cause I got a big fat face. So, <laughs> that must um, be my, my attribute, uh, my winning attribute for this hat. Yep. My big yeah. cut face. My big pie face. <laughs> but, um, I've had, I've had quite a few people, um, actually that are like, they're like, no, I don't like flat bills. And then they put it on. They're like, Oh, this one's actually pretty sweet. You know? So, um, I do have curved, I have regular like curved bill ones too, but I just sent you guys some flat bills just cause I figured you might like them. Cause we're so. hipsters. Yeah. You just hipsters. So with our curly mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your, fake, your fake printed flannel. <laughs> so I, I will say one thing about the, uh, the flat bills. They definitely help in fly fishing when you're looking yeah. like it blocks a lot more sun from above your eyes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and those have the dark bottoms. Um, they're all dark color, so it's even better. Um, you know, some of those like lighter colors even have the dark, dark bottom on them. So yeah, but yeah, they they definitely block a lot more sun. I, uh, I I jacked the uh, I got the box. I came over as soon as the box. Chad was still out of town when I used you, you sent uh, the rods oh, and the hat. Yeah. So I I came over, grabbed them, and I graciously opened it up myself and was you know mark came over we started playing and i grabbed the first you know that nice tan hat and i was oh this one's mine it's been on my head nobody wants my covid so (laughs) (laughs) i jacked that one it was super comfortable man it was they're awesome awesome yeah i'm glad you guys are using them and uh yeah pump i'm pumped to just uh man it just feels good to finally like get the brand out there i feel like i've been working on it for so long and not necessarily not keeping it a secret, but not not saying a lot about it, you know. Like, so it's nice to like. I'm starting to see pictures now, of people wearing my hats, and it's just cra- it's crazy to me, like, to think that it, like, it's actually finally launched and happening. So, oh, this is gonna be my new going out with my wife hat. Nice, yeah, your church hat. <laughs> yeah, Sunday the old Sunday drive hat. Right, that's good. I would I, got, I would go to church I, with it, but you know. <laughs> I've probably got I've probably got like four of them that I rotate just because some of them are like sweaty and grungy, and then I got mm. like I'm same way. I got a couple like fresh ones that I can put on if I'm going out for dinner or something. But um, yeah, yeah, because no one wants to see our bald heads, right? <laughs> no, no, you don't want to <laughs> see that. But. I'm the same way. I got a grungy, sweated up urban hat on my head. I actually have a couple of my old hats that smell probably still smell like bourbon from just sweating it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do down here in Kentucky. Oh, that's one other thing that I didn't realize about Kentucky till we got to Kentucky. Oh yeah. Is you can't buy alcohol in every County in Kentucky. The old, the old Bible belt, bro. Yeah. We luckily we brought enough. Dry, dry county in Lake Cumberland, huh? Yeah, we were talking yeah. to the cap, the houseboat captains. Like you weren't allowed to drive the houseboat into the dock. They had to drive oh, a captain yeah. out and bring in. And we were talking to them once in a while because you know we blew up a motor and the generator <laughs> broke. And yeah, it was a horrible experience. But uh, 
they were like, yeah, we got to drive an hour and a half to get liquor. We're like, what in the hell? We're like, would you guys like a beer? Yeah. So. And you wonder why people will make their own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I didn't even think about you not realizing that. I'm glad you pr- were prepared. Oh, yeah, like, man. We, like we Boy brought, Scout. We brought a metric fuckload of nice. alcohol. <laughs> like three bottles of tequila. Uh, eight eight cases of beer, and I think we came yeah. back with just a little over two cases of beer. Huh. So you came back with beer, though. I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Chad's liver's yelling at him now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, I can't. You did so. You didn't uh, with all the boat fiascos. You probably you just didn't get a chance to get out on uh, the lake much fishing. I guess. No, you know what I I told my wife i said if i'm not gonna get to fish the way i want to fish i'm just not gonna fish you know i'm just gonna have fun with the family uh you had to be tied off to the bank by time the sun went down like the boat wasn't allowed to move after dark so Mm. we were tied off and i was like i'm not gonna catch anything here i didn't see anything busting at all the whole time or else i would have said hey let's back the boat out you know and there was a roof on top of the front deck so it was it's kind of hard cast, and yeah, I was just like, nah, I'm over it. I just have fun and be with the family. Yeah, those those are good reset vacations, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I, I kind of had, I kind of had those like when I go to, with my wife to, you know, Texas to visit family. I'll sneak off for like a day to fish, but yeah, it's nice to just do like family thing every once in a while. Yeah, my my wife's going to house sit her sister's house next weekend, so I was like. Baby, I'm not gonna be home and fish both days. Both days, no yard work's getting done, nothing. <laughs> no. So, Dave, uh, real quick before we uh, before we let you go, I want to talk about some feathers. Oh, okay. So what what's your process, bro? What what do you do? I don't give away trade secrets, but what what are you looking for in feathers? Um, for me, feathers are um, they're a labor of love. Um, it's also something that I spent a couple years trying to figure out. Um, the first, the first batches were like, just okay. Um, once I figured out my, like the science part of it. So getting your pH testing, right. I use pH strips to know that my alkaline and salinity stuff is really good every time. Um, strong enough for him, but pH balance for her, right? Correct. You know, uh, water temperature is super important. Um, some of the really bright colors, I get messages a lot. Like, how do you get your colors so bright? You know, a lot of it has to do with like, it all has to do with those, those levels being right. And the the color being the, the temperature being right. Um, you know, the fluorescent yellows and stuff like, uh, I've had, I've had batches where the water got a little too cold. And the bat, you know, it turned it from like highlighter yellow to like sunflower yellow, you know, just little things like that. So, and then, um, yeah, just knowing the color wheel, dude, like less is more, you know, some of those crazy colors that, um, you know, three or four colors feathers, like they don't, you don't always have to use four colors to get four colors. So, um, and that's, you know. My, it's mind a lot is, of, my mind is blown. A lot of <laughs> trial and error. Um, 
And I like doing it in the winter just because sitting over a pot of boiling water when it's 100 degrees out is not as fun. Yeah, that Kentucky um, heat's oppressive. Dude, it's it's been... It's been a nightmare. I was trying to track down a wiring issue with my truck tonight and just standing out in the sun, looking into an engine com- engine compartment. It's just, you're just dripping sweat. I think I've changed my shirt like three times today. It's just, it's unbearable. But you have to figure out, you just have to push through it, you know? So That's one thing I, I realized when we were in Kentucky. I felt like I was at a Madonna concert. Because everyone was doing, like, eight wardrobe changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to own it. Um, honestly, I pretty much wear – I wear long-sleeve fishing shirts, and then once I sweat through them, it's just, like, air conditioning. I just let the let the wind blow. People people still, like, they're like, how can you be wearing a long-sleeve shirt? And I'm like, dude, I grew up working on a farm. Like, long-sleeves, is that's just the thing, you know? Like – it's actually cooler than wearing a short sleeve shirt, if you can believe that. But, but yeah. So, Dave, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to? Uh, man, I think we I think we've covered it. I just uh, it's been a crazy year. Um, you know, a lot of the fishing tournaments and stuff were canceled. Um, I sounds like the Beast of the East tournament's still happening, right? We're is that still, what I? We're still on pace to roll. Josh is tracking away and doing a good job with it. So nice. Well, I mean, maybe I'll get a chance to get up there to that one. Um, I just, I'd like to get some more fishing, and it's been a been a pretty slow year for me because I've been working so much on the trail building side of stuff and launching the rods. Um, you know, in a perfect world, I, I have this like ultimate dream that. You know, I'll uh, have this rod company and I'll just be able to fish more. But I think it's going to end up being like kind of like my trail building company. Like the more trail I build, the less I get to ride my bike. So um, <laughs> I'm going to try to hopefully keep that in line so I can do still fish as much as I can. But um, no, man, I think uh, I just want people to know that, uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm available. If they if anyone has questions about my rods that they aren't finding on the website the warranty info on the website everything has a warranty um lifetime warranty replacement um you know obviously if you slam it in a car door five years from now i'm gonna charge you a replacement fee but i'll still make sure you get a fresh rod um but yeah um one year replacement um it's all on the website the schedule for the rod, like how, what, what the cost is for the rod. If it's uh, not a defect or um, quality issue, um, pretty standard replacement, like, uh, you know, some of the big box guys have. Um, but yeah, if you, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty available and um, open on social media and stuff. Like uh, if you have a question, um, I will give you an honest answer. I'm not going to just tell you something to, to get one of my rods. Um, I've, had a few of those already people saying like you you got to have a down locking reel seat if you're if you're selling a euro nymphing rod and you know i just i don't tell them what they want to hear i just tell them what i tell them like all my competitors have one i'm different i wanted something different and that's what i did you know so um may not be the answer they want but it's going to be the answer that's honest so <laughs> so do you have a warranty on if your buddy throws your rod out of the boat into the bottom of the creek um, or yeah, you that's, just SLL. 
yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a replacement because I can't verify what the actual damage was. So I can still do a replacement cost on that. Huh. Awesome. Awesome. You actually sent me a, you sent me a message the other day and said, I'm sending you guys a couple of rods to try out and I'm not buying your good praises for these rods. And you definitely didn't. We everything we said has been the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you know? I, I dude, I I tell everyone that. Like I mean, I want good and de- bad feedback like um, the 12 weight that I sent to you guys is supposed to go to Scott Grassi, um, because I want him to fish it. Like, he, you know, like that dude fishes hard. Um, he fishes he, all right. like, he was one of, he was literally one of the guys that I thought about when I like made up those measuring lines. Cause I like, I, I just remember seeing him wading through creeks and holding massive fish. And it's like, it would be so much cooler if that rod he's holding right there next to that fish had a line so we could tell how big that damn fish is. Cause it looks massive, you know, like, like, so he was kind of, so I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, you know, I would love for you to try one of these things. Like no strings attached. Like you can tell me if it sucks. Like, like I, good, bad feedback is what makes my stuff better, you know? And I will, I, I'll listen. Like if someone says I like this, this, and this, but I could really, really like if you change this, you know, I, I keep notes on that stuff. And as I'm developing these things and making future models, like I'll put that stuff in, into production as long as it's not some random ass, like thing that only one person in the country would want, you know, like I, I gotta, I gotta pick and choose when I start making 50 or a hundred of one of them. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I really do enjoy the feedback, and I I listen to it. So, um, one more thing is you never told us the uh, the website. Oh, the web website is wolfrodco.com, uh, and you can find find us on Instagram at wolfrodco um, and Facebook at the Wolf Rod Company. Um, pretty active on all three. Uh, trying to build, trying to start building my social media and stuff up now that I'm launch these rods. Um, working on some video stuff, um, should have some stuff out. Um, you know, I don't know what the timing is going to be on that. I have a buddy that's helping me with it. Um, but we're going to get some footage this week and just, yeah, slowly working towards getting some more video stuff out there, some promo stuff. And I'd like to do something this fall. Um, I don't know, maybe I might reach out to the dudes at, uh, East, um, the beast of the East, me see if I can shoot them a couple of rods to give away as get uh, prizes too. that get some more of my stuff out there up that way. So, Oh, great. The year I'm not doing it. The year you're going to give away <laughs> rods. Way to go. Well, you know, you, are you busy or something? <laughs> um, Too busy. My, the, the best man that was in my wedding is getting married and he asked me to be in oh. his wedding. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can't that's turn a, that down. We're getting drunk. Hey, Hey Dave, kind of got to do it. After we're done here, we'll cut off. Um, get with me regarding that. I'll help you out. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else, Dave? Any, any more plugs you got? Man, I think that's it. I just, uh, I hope everyone uh, really enjoys the new line. I really um, just want people to get out and fish it. And if you got one of my new lines um, models, any of them. Um, start sharing photos. Um, the wolf pack is what we're calling it. Um, I don't have pro staff. Um, the way I, I, 
I pretty much put a handwritten note in every one of my orders that basically says, thanks for choosing my small rod company and welcome to the Wolfpack. So hashtag Wolfpack. Um, you know, once you buy one of my rods, you're all, you're all part of the Wolfpack. And I just want that, that Wolfpack to grow. And, um, you know, it's more than, uh, owning a rod. Like I want people to, you know, Dick is, uh, one of my good buddies that you guys got to fish with. He fishes all over. Like he's super responsive. Like, um, if he sees somebody asking a question, he's always willing to help, you know, whether it's flies or rod selection or whatever. So like, I just really want that mentality, that wolf pack mentality that we, we, uh, you know, just help each other out and be stewards of the water and, um, of these fish that we've, uh, you know, whatever fish we're targeting. So want it to be more than just uh pro staff kind of thing. So. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, thank you for your time and thank you for spending uh, a Sunday evening with us. Absolutely. Glad to do it. going to float on into our next segment here. Hey, anyone that thought we were it. professional at the beginning of the show, we're not now. <laughs> not with puns like that. Come on. That was, that was perfect, man. That was like when Josh goes on and on and on. That was the pun of the year. <laughs> I got that one. You just Jeff. served it right up to me. Come on, Chad. I got that one. So, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, a couple trips. Um, you went out with your buddy with the Smith fly. Yeah, I guess if we're going to the furthest yeah. point back from when we started. From the last Andrea Larco recording? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I missed that. I, have to, I might actually tune in and listen to that one. I would. That was a very entertaining show. I have never listened to any of our shows. I listened to about 45 minutes of the first Bowen one, the one that I was not a part of before I was on. Oh, okay. That was BM. Yep. I a listened. solid bowel movement. Yep. <laughs> I listened to about 45 minutes of that, and that was the entirety. <laughs> so I say I should go back and listen, but at the end of the day, I probably won't. I, I listened to it. I've been listening to a severe, steady diet of nothing but Bob and Tom 24-7 in my basement time. We are way more entertaining than Bob and Tom. Chick Ooh, McGee has really? nothing on me. <laughs> Jay and I are both like, yeah. Well, I tell you There's some other fucked up people on there now. I used to sit down and I would tie for like three, four, five hours on end just listening to music. What do I want now? What do I want now? What do I want now? And I'm like, you know. And every morning I was like, I wish I had more time to listen to Bob and Tom. I'm like, screw it. I'd sit down there and like howl all night. It is freaking hilarious. I drove seven hours home from Kentucky. Not one single note of music was played. My <laughs> wife was such a trooper. She listened to podcasts the no whole kidding. way home. That's great. Uh, you know, even when you start to listen to any kind of talk radio, and you get to f- like learn the people that are on the show, 
And then you feel like you're part of the inside jokes. Mm-hmm. And like that, even for me, when I listened to the local uh, sports radio down in Columbus, there was two guys that were just hilarious, Common Man and Torg. And they would just say off-the-wall shit. They were funny as hell. You got all the inside jokes. Everything was funny as hell to you. And it just, you felt like you were part of it. You know what's funny about you saying that, Jay? We get a couple listeners that on our personal (coughs) Facebook pages will throw inside show jokes onto our personal Facebook pages. Absolutely. It's cool. Like a Joey Bag of Donuts (laughs) always comments on my stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh. Dustin and Zach. They're Ed. Yeah. No, that's Joey Bagadon. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, so, what was the original question there? You're, you're going trip. on a f- trip. You're, you're oh, yeah. I don't know how we got on that. Way off track there. <laughs> that's how we track. roll, bro. Especially this late. Uh, we're, so yeah. we're not even an hour and a half into the show. <laughs> Matt and I met up uh, met up early. We we're going to go for, for wipers. So, we got to like a quarter to five. Cruised out in the dark. Now we launched Causeway right. Okay, so this is when we were getting pictures of the small wipers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we Causeway right is where we launched mm-hmm, at. Mm-hmm. We cruise out of there, go over to the shoal, set up, kind of troll up and down for the first like 20 minutes before it gets late. I couldn't find any bait. So it's like, screw it. I'm just going to park up on the shoal. I could see where some fish were down there, but I also couldn't tell their walleyes or wipers. And set up on that. Cut large mouth off the bat, picked up a couple of crappie, picked up a white bass. Here or there from, I don't know, it was like a quarter after seven. Nothing white. Nothing really going on. No, and at this point, it's kind of like, all right, we got like two and a half hours and it's going to get blistering hot. Blistering hot and a shit ton of ski boats. Yep. So I look at him and I was like, all right, we got two options. One is I can take you up to this one spot. We can go up into this little area and there's big large mouth in there. Do you want to try to catch a large mouth? I don't want to run the whole way to the other spot to go try to find the other wiper pack. It's just, no. It's going to be roasting hot. I want off the water here in a couple hours. So we start making our way back to the one spot with the largemouth and like get by the boat launch. I was like, you want to get up in a boat launch or do you want to keep going? Nah, I'm ready. Let's go try to find a pike. Go home, dump the boat, run to the next creek. We get in there and start messing around a little bit and... Got the new mini Bufords I was playing with. Yeah. So like the little five-inch minis. All black. Smacked a pickerel. Oh, yeah. I commented on it. I said, looks like dinner. Yeah. <laughs> the first one. Gave it back. You gave it back. Yeah, I gave it back. Well, you did. I oh, did. look at you. Oh, you sinner. Oh, it's just, you sinner. Yeah. The first time we've even been there this year. At this you point, it's like it's almost frugal. But it was weird because we really didn't bump fish. There was no... Typically, if they're not biting walking up through, you're going to blow mud. You'll see them coming off the banks, or you'll bump a couple here and there, and it's just not bumping nothing. And Got up to where it kind of bellied out and hit it a couple strips, hooked one. Probably uh, upper teens 20 range. A There's pike? No, pickerel. Oh, another pickerel. No, no, that was the one I was talking about. Okay. Still, same one. So, I mean, that was a decent one. So, I was like, hey, well, maybe they're kind of sitting in through here. Fished it a little bit, nothing. Worked up into the next main pole. Beat it up for a little bit. There's a guy sitting up there throwing a bobber, so we couldn't walk our way up through. Backed out and left there, no pike. Went down to where the big meets. Walked it down, fished a couple areas through pike, or four pike. Turned around, I was like, all right, now we're going to hit this spot. Guy with the bobber worked his way right down in there. Stuffed right there. Son of a bee. 
So, all in all, though, I mean, it wasn't a bad morning. By 9.30, we were done on the way home. Handful of fish caught. They like clousers on the lake. And many Bufords in a creek. Those, like, those mini Bufords, man. Those are sick-looking flies. I'm excited yeah, about man. them. That's going to cover a wide variety. That's everything. Absolutely. Yeah, I could be throwing them even on the river or the creek right now. Mm-hmm. Or the river right now. For, mm-hmm. you, know. you probably could throw them today. And you know what? Oh, I was you... kicking myself because I wanted to specifically bring them today for that. And I completely forgot them at home. Yeah, they would have been good. I had mm-hmm. one. I, you should have just... I, I forgot. Yeah. You know what? I the did have the one lefty box. was just... It was money. Yeah. It turned it out. But we'll get to that after yeah. Jay's yesterday trip. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, so Evans had hit me up earlier in the week, and I didn't. I wasn't sure what was going on. And I said, I'll just talk to you Friday. You know, let me know. And... I was planning a float. My uh, brother-in-law wanted to go out, and we'd been planning the f- a float for this weekend for like two weeks. And uh, so I talked to Dad the other day, and I said, "Hey, you want to go?" He said, "Yep, that's fine." I said Mark talked about going on Sunday, so I'll do that. We'll do this Saturday. It worked out better for him, my brother-in-law, to do Saturday. So you know, he he's starting to get he start he he is starting to think he wants to enjoy fishing, you know. Going out on the guided trip out west, and you know them going creek stomping with me, and just you know just how did he, he how did he participate with like the raft and everything? What do you mean as far as like as far as like helping it carrying up? it oh. in, carrying everything well? He, he kid's a physical freak, so he was just fine. There were five That's of us, cool. so Evans nice. ended up saying, "Call me Friday." He said, "I'm I'll be down for the float tomorrow," and you know he brought a buddy down with him that I've met before that came here before, and we fixed the door in the van. Alex. So, why does your brother-in-law like fishing if his only experiences fishing are with you? And, well, the first experience, <laughs> well, one of the first experiences, well, the fishing, all, well, wasn't all with me, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the first was with, you know, Kelly Gallup and some hella great guides. So, I think that was at least a good start into the, you know, thoughts of wanting to fly fish. Um, excuse me. But, uh. So he said, yeah, he wants to show up. We put the boats in, and like I said, there's five of us. We dropped the, uh, ran one down. Coolest thing about Evans, boat, man, thing folds, rolls right up. It's like a pontoon, an inflatable pontoon rolls right up. He has an electric thing. You plug it into the car, pump, pumps the thing right up right there on the spot. Takes about 15 minutes, right in the water. You know, I was like, I've never had my, my raft deflated ever. You know, just, I don't know, it's just, I don't know. It's just not something like, you do. No, I don't. I don't. I could tow it that way and blow it up, and but it, uh, we just never had to. Right? It just sounds a lot like too much work for me. But this is a lot more except movable. It's a lot lighter. God thinks that'd be eighty pounds tops. You know, and it's a two-person vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a two-man. Seems like uh, the only one thing I think he could use, but there's a spot for an accessory if you could weld it or make it happen. You know. That he needs a lean bar on the front. Too bad he isn't no machinist. Yeah, yeah, somebody that could do something like that or figure something out. So, yeah, it was an awesome little vessel. So we put them both in, got them going, hit one fish uh, right off the bat. My brother-in-law hit uh, like a little 13-inch smallmouth. So we're thinking, okay, even before we get down to, you know, we use an anchor up and chill at the first spot, catch a couple right above, you know, when you start heading down. And didn't catch any at that spot. Saw a lot of fish coming up to the top. I think 
a lot of them are carp. There's got to be a f- fucking five million carp in there. Oh, there are. There it's ridiculous. Are. They need all killed. Like a yeah. mass killing of carp. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so we keep going and... You put the bow trigger away, Mark. <laughs> we keep going and, you know, get to the spot where, you know, we kind of know where these fish are at and not like certain fish kind of, you know, are in certain spots. Mm-hmm. They have them named out pretty much and we knew kind of where we're at and dad kind of knows where, he, you know, where he's at and... Where he likes to fish and... Well, he's like, well, we we actually said that we need to switch who starts rowing first because he catches the same fish every trip and I catch the same fish in this same stretch every t- time we've been going. So he catches, he's been known to catch a giant, decent sized walleye. I'm catching some good walleye in he there. He did it again. Yeah, another one come up, like a 24-incher. He could, and I was expecting a, uh, a smallmouth, because this is a place where we'll catch it. Usually 15-inch smallmouth. And, man, I, I looked down, I'm like, holy shit, no, that's a big fucking fish. That thing's gold. I'm like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> let's get it, let's get it. And them two dudes are ahead of us at this point. They, they were running down before us. And he, holy shit, look at that thing. I'm like, this thing, but, you know, they're like eerie guys. They live right on the lake. So, you know, picks the thing up. I'm like, this is a Lake Erie. This is Lake Erie size walleye right here. This thing belongs in the lake. And it was. It truly was. It was like a 24-inch walleye. It was a monster. It was sweet. And, you know, I, never mind that bycatch. You know, that's one of the an awesome things. No, that's fun. That's what adds yeah. spice to the day. Yeah, exactly. You know, fishing where we get lucky enough to fish. And so we keep going down and... Uh, I told the guys, I'm like, hey, man, you know, probably pike down through this section, you know, it wouldn't hurt to throw a little decent size. A little bigger fly. A little decent size fly. Nothing that's going to push us. Nothing's going to push off a 20-inch smallmouth, really. But, you know, I mean, not too, too huge, but throw a decent size fly. You get, might get lucky, you know. And, and I, I told her, that's I fish the same fly all day, like a 6-inch, 5, 6-inch game changer all day lately. And it seems to be working well for the big smallmouth and for pike and walleye so go down through the guys are ahead of us again we roll down through a spot and we're you know legends are made i guess people hook giant fish in this spot i've heard you know the monsters of the river so you know i'm like oh fuck we know we always we always throw a fly in there every time all of us have passed through there so cast right back in this little spot and this this fish literally this pike comes up and he sips it Sips this fly like off the top of the water. I'm like, I thought it was a little smallmouth coming and hit my fly. And I'm like, oh, it's a. And I start shipping in. It's coming right to me. Just coming right to me. It must have just started running or fi- swimming right toward me. I'm just like, oh, it's just a little fish. It's a little fish. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. It gets near the boat. And I'm like, holy shit, it's a fucking like a 24 inch pike. <laughs> or maybe even bigger. Who knows? And all of a sudden it starts thrashing. It sees the boat, you know, and it wants nothing to do with the boat now. And You said it. It ain't the back hook? Yeah, and I see it's on the back hook, and now I, you know, now I'm like, I sigh of relief, you know. But this, we put this thing in the net, and this fish, it, apparently it wasn't, I didn't fight it enough or something. It came in way green. It <laughs> actually, it, it bites into the net and blows right through my net. <laughs> my net's made for smallmouth and trout. I mean, it's, it's a nice, decent rubber net. I mean, it's nothing like too crazy thin or anything it's not like i'm using a small net i mean the thing fit in the net it's not made for toothy critters like that apparently because it bites and it's it's now it goes through the net now it's in the water again 
And my dad says, just turn the net inside out and net it again. So I turn the net inside out and net it again. Now it tries diving through the net sideways and it's like heads in the, in the net, like dug into the net. I'm like, you fucking bitch. Cause, and this fish was like, I posted a picture a couple weeks ago one and that fish was probably just a, just a, maybe a touch longer, but this fish was way thicker. I think it was a female. Oh, it had the girth. Oh it had, yeah, it was a decent thick fish and. Man, doesn't it thrash out of the net again, you know? I, gr- I try getting it underneath the gill, you know, picking it up and trying to, you know, get hook out of its mouth and try grabbing it. It's thrashing, so fuck thrashing, you, Jay. thrashes again. <laughs> Finally, it, it flops out of the net again, and it just f- plops, kicks out the kicks the fly out. And I'm like, oh, well, thank God. <laughs> well, thank God. I don't, <laughs> I don't need one picture. I don't care. Get away from me. You've ripped my net already, you stupid-ass fish. Get, just get out of here. Golly, you could have been a twenty-inch smallmouth. That'd have been just as fun. No, but it was fun. It was fun to see those fish. You know, and we didn't catch any big, big smallmouth. Uh, probably caught, a f- I don't know, touch over twenty smallmouth. I wish it had been a touch over forty or fifty, like you know, what I mean, like the days we've seen before. And even in the last few weeks, we've been catching at least a couple big fish. I'm getting good to see any of those or any of the other white ones or anything else. So. You know, but it was it was a fun day. Get to see those fish early in the morning. Fog was out, fog was out big time that day. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, and that's why I messaged you about that. My ride to work, I could barely see. I'm like, man, can you even see the guy casting the front from the rower seat? It was no. bad. Yeah, it was it was real bad. And we figure our river was 82 degrees, and that morning it was like 58 air temp. And it was beautiful that morning. Oh, it was. It was nice. It was nice until about 9, 30, 10. Yep. But, you know, the camaraderie was nice. Having the two boats the float. The, the com- camaraderie. Oh, okay. There you go. Camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> I need like it's six more. It's a comrade Six more of these beers and I'm just going to start slurring. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you know, getting together with those guys uh, is always fun. I love seeing Evans. Uh, came out to the house, hung out. His I've buddy, been seeing him this his week. Buddy t- his buddy, so listen, this is actually a funny story about the whole trip. He's getting off the exit at his buddy's house. A younger man, single, you know, no kids, no nothing, no wife, no girlfriend, no nothing. Single young man. Evans is like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, shit. Are you, where are you at? I'm getting off the exit to come get you. Tom, we got to go. Tom, we got to go. He, and Evans hears music in the background. And he's like, oh. he's like, I'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> Kid shows up in 10 minutes, grabs his shit, gets in the car, sleeps on the ride down. <laughs> Has drank all night, dude. He's still fucked up when he gets down to our, you know, with us, dude. But, you know, that's the shit we did when we were younger like that. When Absolutely. Young and single and, you know. Absolutely. So I was, I bar- and he fished his sack off, man. And and it was hot after I'm sure he ten o'clock. His sack oh, off. he sure did. He didn't want a single beer the next day when we went back to the house. <laughs> he actually he passed out right below my deck on that little hillside there. Yeah. He laid down on the hillside and like literally passed out. Passed out. We were shooing the bugs off him and stuff. And he wanted no more. Oh no. Evan squatted on his nose and farted in his face. But we're never gonna say that in, other than least since the podcast. Uh, so Evans gave him pink eye. Oh man, if he gets pink eye, it was from Evans. Uh, no, but my neighbor guy came over. My dad was over there. We had a nice little party gun last night. Had a little pizza and some beers, and they went back out and 
went uh, went searching for another white one, you know, in search of the old uh, trying to tap the vein like we all have. And did they have any luck? Yeah, I uh, Evan said he got one late last night, like at ten o'clock. And oh, they, they went out. Yeah, and then drove all the way back to Buffalo. Oh shit! <laughs> like an OG. I said you can come back and sleep at the house somewhere. You can sleep with the dog, man. Dog cage is open, and I was home by ten. He could have slept at my house. I, I, I hey. I told him to stay or find my parent. My mom and dad said there's like two free beds at their house. Yeah. But he was he was bound back, so. And uh, but no, the the good times were there. He had left a GoPro and a water bottle with me last time he was around, so he came and got his GoPro and the water bottle. I had his water bottle ready with ice and water in it and washed. Look at you. Yeah, he's like, did you remember my GoPro or my water bottle? I'm like, and your water bottle is full, man. Yeah. Hi. Sorry, Cottonmouth got me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to take a drink of something, man. That made for a fun Saturday. Yeah, it was. It was a a real fun Saturday. My brother-in-law had a great time. Uh, Explains why you were late this morning. I was was late. I was four minutes late. Shut I up. just busted. I actually turned around halfway down my road because I forgot something. Imagine that. You? No, come on. It was something small, but. Oh, that's right. You were supposed to remind me of something I needed tonight. I don't know. I told you on the boat. Something with the light? Oh, yeah. Tail lights. I got to get them tail lights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I've officially blown both tail lights yeah. off that. So that worked into me falling asleep at 8 o'clock last night because I was bushwhacked from an all-day float, sweating my sack off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to hide sun, to waking back up and seeing Mark's pretty face this morning. Yay. My wife uh, was like, why didn't you get? Why didn't you go with them today? They didn't ask me. Oh, like Eeyore. Like, like oh. we have to ask you. Just say, hey guys, I'm coming. No, it, we, we you don't ever have to ask. Say, hey, I'm coming too. You, I, no, I needed a reason to stay at home and do yard work. Because we even <laughs> talked about that today. We could have fished three people. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Person we could. sits in the middle. Because all we were doing was bumping the boat in between bridge pylons. Bing, or bing, sting, yeah. yeah. and just smack smashing them into them. Yeah. The fish weren't. <laughs> After a while, I was, like, I was like, Jay, don't worry about it. No, but oh, I did. because I was really worried about that when I went with Scott the other oh, day. Oh, heck no. Try to fit a 14-foot re- boat through a bridge pylon that's 7 foot wide. With our... I mean, come on. I mean, no, you're we going to mainly get it through there, but we at were, some point it's going to hit. We were going in and then back out. With and our in boats? And back so out. I went the whole way in, the whole way up against it, and I went in the one that was on an angle. And I went in between that one. Oh, no. I, I was literally fishing. We were fishing, what, 10 feet from the bank? 15 feet? We would actually go right next to where we were fishing, and then we would move back out a little bit, and then go back into where we were fishing, and then go back. It didn't even matter. So they didn't give a shit, dude. You could be two feet the fuck away from them. The way the wind was when I went with Scott, I put my nose into the wind, and we'd row up to the the uh, the features. Cast, so, cast at them and then back back out and go. I over guess to the for, next listeners, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for listeners, yeah, yeah. For listeners, don't guess, don't give away too much. I don't want to give away <laughs> too much, but I don't know. How, how do you say? It? I mean, without giving We're it under away. A bridge. Think, under yeah, a bridge. think about fishing directly under an interstate. Mark and I. Let's start it with like this. Mark and I went out wanting to catch them both in today. Yeah, because, I mean, through the week, that's what we had planned on the float. And yeah. that's why I asked you. I said, did you ask Adam about going yet? Well, we're going to go Saturday. I'm like, that's perfect because I kind of want to dump the boat in this 
crapshoot. He said, let's he said, I happens. have a different idea. And I said, and, it, and I like asked Adam again, and he said it was on Saturday. I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to work out good. I was like, oh, if Mark has a different idea, let's, let's go with Mark's different idea. I don't want to float the river two days in a row anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, let's, let's go fish for Bofit. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, we get there and like you see, like you said, the boat launch was nice. It's really perfect, nice. easy launch. Boom, right in, right out. Couple minutes, we were on the water and we're like, I looked at him like, let's just start fishing. We're gonna troll our way was out. Was it still dark? No, we he got the house at six, so it was. I mean, it was it, it was dusky at like six thirty this morning. Definitely gets darker a lot later in the mornings. Yeah, yeah, it's getting there. So no, it was it was Foggy. light, but it was it was still you know, everything Foggy was covered down there. It's. Put a depth finder in there? I, Like I said, I was only there in my drift boat. Once you get off the launch, it goes right down to 9 foot. Maintains between 9 to 12 the whole way. Even everything. The, everything. Everything. Okay. It, okay. Up against like up against all the garbage, it's like still 6, 8 foot. Yeah. So we Did you guys see any big critters? No. Okay. And we talked to a couple guys at the launch that fished there frequently. And they both said, and they've both caught them at the same times, everything, that they do get a lot of pike, but they have got a couple of real small muskies. Real small. 12 to 15s. No, the one I we saw, it, I know it was a muskie, not a pike, and it was probably 34. He's the old One old man said, he goes, where there's small ones, there has to be big ones. And I said, that was always my train of thought. And here's <laughs> the thing. I small fit, I'm like, got to be a big one. I'm telling you. I have never seen so many bluegill blowing up in an area constantly. All them swirls, some of them, yes, are bowfin. But the bowfins, their heads come the whole way out of the water. All them snap and blow-ups are either little largemouth or just massive piles of bluegill. The bait fish in there is utterly ridiculous. When Scott and I went there, there were bait fish the length of my pinky nail. Yeah. And... That's what now, the boat... them ones this time, they're this big. They're okay. they're almost two inch because I saw just schools of them. I would let my fly there, and all of a sudden, it would like my fly would see lines going over it, like there was weeds, and it'd just be a huge school of bait for swimming through. Like, yeah, like you'd I almost said, feel them. Yeah, I saw all those little bait fish that were like the size of my pinky nail, and then when we came back to the boat launch, we saw bigger bait fish that were about an inch and a half long, and that's when I told Scott, I said, "Keep your eyes peeled." Because there might be a fish around here eating these bigger bait fish. And that's when we saw the, I'm telling the you, bigger toothy critter. Down the middle, it wasn't much. Under the pylons, oh my God, did we mark a lot of fish. A Ass lot of fish. My screen was packed under them. You moved out to the outer edges, boom, nothing. You get back up on that eight foot, packed again. Fish all over the screen. Would that be walleye or would that be pike? I don't think there's walleye going to reside there. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's they were all both in, dude. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> the guy said that there used to be a massive population of big crappie in there, and they have since went down a lot, and the bowfin populations went up a lot. That's when when we went there, we saw one other canoe. It was an old guy and like a a young trophy wife, maybe, uh, and they were fishing for crappie. Okay. See, we first got there. There was one guy going out in a. Um, it was it was weird because it was foggy and it was still a little bit dark and it looked like the guy was walking on water. We got to Jason was like, "Yeah, there's Jesus." <laughs> like, he's just walking on water. I'm like, he's Jesus walking out there, man. So as we troll off, the guys on a sup board coming back through. With what are you fishing dog. for, Bofin? And then later on, we saw two kayakers, which immediately stopped all fishing progress. Man, that was so I was gonna say uh, to Chad, like, 
I feel like, and and Mark said this while we were fishing, we didn't catch any fish while the the um, what's it called was going. Well, well, no, why, why you're trolling or your when his trolling motor is going, no fish bit. Yep. It was all while we were just because dead drifting we, around, like doing nothing, just like sitting there, kind of fishing it out. So you think they they realize what's going on? Well, what I would do is I would get in between the like the bridge pylon and I'd push it up a little bit and I'd hit it and I'd let it kind of sneak through and I wouldn't touch anything because if I was, I mean, they were literally you'd have them eat under the boat. If you were on a trolling motor, they wouldn't. Really. Yeah, and when the kayakers went past for some fucking reason, they shut down. All the fish would shut down. Like fish stopped moving, stopped hitting the top. Like they just like they just stopped doing everything. Like, like the they wake, disappeared. Like yes. the wake and everything got them. Yeah, we like the kayakers I, initially. Being loud? Huh? Were the kayakers being loud? No, no, they no, were they, they were, were silent. really courteous and nice. But and but I mean just. The how fast they move, they still move awake through. Yeah. You know, and, and it just seemed to just shut fish down. We had to move all the way. We moved on a, de- a decent bit after they shut down on us. Like, we had seen a lot of action, and then well, all of a I sudden... Well, I mean, like, I guess to start, though, too. We got there, and it's kind of like... Wh- was it windy? Hurt that a little bit more. Okay, sorry. Was it windy? It, you know, it was enough of a breeze that it would push the boat as soon as you stopped it. It wasn't windy, but it definitely pushed the boat, and it moved it. But like we first got to, like, what do we do? So I had a yeah. white, I had a white game changer. I started throwing it. I forget what it was on oh, clouser. And I start fishing a clouser. You're fishing, I think, a game changer. Mm-hmm. I switched to a little white game changer. I'm like, all right, maybe top water. I start ripping top water. And then I was like, I threw a lefty on, and he kept changing. And we come up through this one spot, and like, boom! All of a sudden, this fish busts. I'm like, what was that? I'm like, oh, it's still sitting there. It's a little largemouth, and I'm watching it. My fly's dangling it. Jay, he ate it, he ate it, he ate it. <laughs> and I like just said out of Mark, nothing. I have no idea what's going on. I just Mark, set the rod and it just starts thrashing. Well, you turned, Mark kind of turned around and wasn't looking for one second. I mean, one second. And I still look, I'm watching his fly kind of because it was by that fish. And all of a sudden I just see that fly just, it's gone. Disappears. And I'm like, oh, he ate it, he ate it. No shit, he ate it. Boom, you set and that yeah, the, the thrashing started. And that's when you guys kind of realized the pattern. Yeah. We were like, yeah, and we were like, oh, fuck that. Not having yeah. a net's really going to suck. Yeah, <laughs> we really noticed that, too. Them things just thrash like crazy. So it's like, slippery. all right, well, that thing was dead sitting there. So I'm making casts, and I'm like smacking it right up against the lily pads. I'm just letting it sit, and all of a sudden, boom, it disappears. Wham, set, gone. Oh, my God, that thing was like 25, 26. Bit me clean off. Mm-hmm. All right. So, tie a new one back on. Not, I don't know, maybe five to six minutes later, doing the same thing. I'm just jigging it under the boat, and all of a sudden I see his head appear, and it's gone. Again, bam, like fighting, boom, pulls the hook. And then we just get like, all right, we got a pattern now. Yeah. You do this. And we just kept doing that, and they kept hooking up fish after fish after fish after fish with it. Jay was telling me, you guys hooked eight fish? Yeah, eight or ten. Yeah. God okay. damn! We in like, three we, hours. Yeah, we started at seven. We were done by ten. That's awesome. And that was an hour of jerking around trying to figure out what to do. So realistically, yeah. two hours of figuring it out. We hooked, yeah, eight fish or so. And it, as soon as we had moved from those kayaks, we were talking about the first time. Yeah, so we went over like, to I don't like this anymore. Let's turn. I, I new battery. I oh cast my. out. I cast out mend, like toward like so my fly's just running down the side of just the crap. Mm-hmm. You know, in the but in the clean water, and and he's he kind of pushes one of those pushes forward, 
So like I'm almost like trolling my fly, but I'm letting line out, letting line out. Twitching, so she's kind of hovering. Twitching is long, twitching along, making little movements with it. Man, nice one just fucking comes out and hammers it. That's the first one I'd seen. And wow, that eight weight glass rod bent over quickly. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. And I'm fighting them through the pylons and everything. And I'm like, oh, don't run into the pylons. I'm on the trolling motor backing yeah, up at yeah. this point. Because I'm already yeah. through. He hooked them on the other side of the pylon. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> I'm already at the back of the boat by the motor, leaning over, trying to like hand line. I run back to the front, backing him up. Oh, yeah, it was a good well, time. That's the best, that's the best part. Oh, yeah. Like, I, when the shit goes funny. You know, that's like, <laughs> I, I, that fish, I didn't get a picture of it. It was right up to the side of the boat. And, uh, and was it a big one? Yeah, it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah it was yeah. a five, five and a half pound fish. Yeah, it was a good-sized fish. And, uh, you know, didn't get the picture, but I got we got everything out of that fish we wanted. Yep. Like, I got to watch it eat. I set it the hook. so hard to hold. Thrashed around. Comes into the boat. You know, I was like, that's cool. I'm like, with that pike, I'm like, eh, that's eh, all right. I don't need to hold so it. You, you got teeth. Did you experience the uh the bowfin going like snapping while no, they're out of the I, water I've, I've seen that before there at different times but they didn't do that today. i mean like while you were holding them oh no okay so <laughs> now what <laughs> we were holding them for the most part is the one i caught before while it, it like was snapping while i was holding oh it. the first <laughs> couple we get a hold of just fire out of our hands f- flopping all <laughs> around the boat trying to hold it so the first two is like that. And I you put can't them really tail them because they don't have a fucking tail. They have no tail. <laughs> so then I catch a, a doggone good one. Fly just hits the water and this thing swirls. It disappears. And we're fighting him like, gee, this is a real nice one. Start getting up close. It's about 28, 6 pound or so. And it is just going ballistic. I'm holding the line, and it is just thrashing for a straight like 20 seconds, like a, just a prawn, just back. And, <laughs> I'm like, just all right, chewing on the fly. I'm just like <laughs> holding it there. Finally, it like stops, and I grab it by the back of the you know back of the head, get up in the boat, and Jay's like, "Can you like gill him or something?" So I'm reaching around, I find a spot. I'm like, perfect. Hold him here. I'm like, all right. We kind of got a little bit of the gill there. We're good. Like, kind of like right up under, like yeah. you would a musky. I I know which one you're talking about. I saw the yep. picture. So that one there is where I finally learned. Okay, you can get him right here. Held him up, and then as soon as I get him, I'm holding him there. He gets a couple coaches. Boom! Shoots across the boat. Chase jumping up. He's running all over. Up off the ground. This thing's like snapping away. Just mouth open. He just wants to bite you, assholes. Uh, <laughs> pop it out. And it's like, as soon as you like done, I'm like, you good? Good. Yeah. Boom. Fire him back in like an alley. Like, get out of here. <laughs> it's just, they're slimy. They're scaly. You can't get a hold on them. And they're just like a little missile. <laughs> And aren't they just so mean? Oh, they're vicious. Their eats are ridiculous. <sighs> they have just... We ended up, what, I landed four? Mm-hmm. So not too shabby if first not outing on it. So, uh, leader-wise, what what were you running? Straight 20, and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I was running 30. <laughs> so, are you going to go 30 next time? Probably, yeah. I'm going to go up maybe or for Or you going to go wire. I might go for. I'm not gonna go wire. I think it'll get them, but I think I might go get 44. It's well. The problem with it, the wire it, it, is because the thing is, is if you get a, you get that genuine giant that we're kind of like okay. That now you're looking for. Let's go look for that one. Let's now. These things are a blast. Let's see if we can find that 10 to 12 pounder. Whoops. 
We need to up the size of the fly, I think, a little bit. Maybe, and that's where we keep playing with it now. Now that we got a pattern, here's what we got to do. Let's start playing with it. Well, I like that. Like, what we were finding was you have to have a fly that I don't think the jigging motion works well. Mm -mm. I mean, things got to suspend and swim and, like, when you when you sit and just let it sit, it'll just sit and pause and kind of move real slow. And the bucktail works right because it breathes mm-hmm. while it's just sitting there. And that I think was just the. And the that's real what, like what I got like, here. A bucktail deceiver. It I think mm-hmm. that's what I'm, I'm gonna mess with this a little bit. A little short chain. Well, what makes that a deceiver, not a hollow one? fly? Huh? That looks like a hollow fly to me. It's Is all it all reversed? No, it's all tied straight back. Okay. Hollow flies are reversed. Re- yeah. Okay. None of this is reversed. Okay. Uh, that. Big fish absolutely destroyed a two odd hook. It bent it out and side. I saw and that. It was that, crazy. I never touched that hook with a pair of pliers. That was all just the fish doing it. That was all the fish. He thought he was going to boat. You, you like literally bat. none of them hooks are in them. Their mouths are like armor. Mm-hmm. As soon as you pull it, the hooks pop right out of them, or they pop out when they're thrashing around. But they bleed like crazy right from where yeah. you hooked them. Yep, bleed like a stuck pig. Yeah. But it huh. wasn't like in his what dude. None of them were were mu- nothing but in the mouth. No, they're like they're just that's a neat creature. Yeah, different. They're man. freaking dinosaurs. Yeah, man, that's so cool. There's a lot of them in there. Oh, oh yeah, man, is there a lot? You of can them have in a there. field day. We so, barely even tapped into it. We literally only fished up to where the creek channel went down to the left, towards where the dam is, the rollover, went down it maybe seventy five yards. Ran to the kayakers. I said, I don't like this. Turned around, <laughs> went back to the shade area the whole way across to the other side. Fished it to where the other mouth was. Fished it across. And then that's where I told him, I was like, all right, let's go back over now and hit the water that we initially hit to where we were learning. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I picked up another good one, like another like 24. Mm-hmm. See, Scott and I didn't touch any of that water. Yeah. We, like, f- the only thing we touched. What would you do? Forward row past all of that? No, we, we, we hit it, but we didn't catch anything. And then we went. Over on the far side. See, we never even got to the far side yet. Mm. We were exploring to do. Oh, my God. There were so many over on the far side. Was there? Oh, my God. We we saw them. Like, we could see them. And they were eating. Like I said, we were doing a different method. Jig and mop flies on the bob, and they would go. That's cool. But it just wasn't the same. It wasn't them coming out and striking a fly like you guys were, were getting. Oh, this to watch this these, was all visual here. No, to watch these things come out like and just under the boat and fucking annihilate a streamer. I mean, annihilate it. Give it everything it has. Like, uh, like hit like a fucking tank, and then just like he said, it was like hooking a fucking five pound bluegill. And then going <laughs> ape shit. That's yeah, exactly just going, like it. going this way, going that way, going this way, going that way. Yep. Oh god, oh what are you gonna? Oh my shit. It was like Holy hooking a five cow. six pound bluegill. It that just sweet. torched you. That yeah. seven weight held up well though. Man, I would take catching those over largemouth or man, oh jeez, in a lake situation like that. Even even that a, even man, they they fight better than a pike. Yeah, they fight a lot like a pike. Do they jump? Yeah, like right at the they boat, they'll start. They'll come up. They'll at the thrash. Boat. Yeah, they'll thrash. And None shoot of them. Like they came they up don't no. come up and no. porpoise. No. They're just like bah, 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 they're under the water and thrashing thirty foot side to side. Zing 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 zing. zing. No. That's cool. No, that's cool. I, I'm I'm pumped. Like now that you guys have figured it out, and yeah. I know where we're going, and yeah, and it's so yeah. easy too. That's why I told Mike. The end of the day, <laughs> yeah. like literally, we were back home at eleven o'clock, 
Yeah, it's, it's all highway driving. Yeah. 12.30, my wife gets home. I had, you know, good fishing session in. I already cut all the grass. <laughs> you like, beat yep. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Perfect. I went home, beat off, cut the grass, like, and still was here at the podcast on time. It was great. Yeah. I wasn't rushing to get here. Yeah, I, I woke up this morning, cut grass. Ah, I broke my streak. What's today? Today is July 26th. What, did you go 10 days without jacking off because you're on a boat? No, Today's July 26th, and I weed whacked for the first time this summer. Nice. Oh, wow. There you That's go. That's impressive. Yeah. I've got like three in my now. Oh, uh, yeah, five. I did find oh. a yellow jacket nest. Oh. Ooh. I took care of them, though. A little seven Oh, the dust. ground one? Yeah. By the way, we did not take the interstate today either. It wasn't bad. It was one minute difference. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you got to drive the whole way out past it. So if you hop on there and run it up, 55. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. I like the scenic route better. 40 minutes. I'm sure you would. And you would yell at me for taking the interstate the entire way. Well, yeah, because it's (laughs) stupid. (laughs) I do, too. I'm I'm more of the scenic route. I'd rather... You're going to beat the fuck out of your shit. You know what I mean? More. You're running like 75 on a little set of tires instead of running for a minute. Well, Mark got bigger tires now. I understand that, but for a fucking minute, it doesn't matter. You do it when you have to. Yeah, so I was. I looked straight. at that. I looked at that. I was like, thirty-nine minutes or forty minutes. Oh, that road is though. The, the other, other one, one is it too. Is straight as an arrow the yeah. whole way. I know Except for that one turn under the bridge. <laughs> other than that, it yeah. is dead straight. Yeah. There's did, one light. Did you guys hold your breath going under the bridge or under that tunnel? Every time. Yeah. You go. <gasps> That's good luck. <laughs> okay. Remember that next time. I did. Don't worry. It, it caused us to mark good. That's luck. why you didn't catch any. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. My good luck. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, but the launch wasn't bad. I got everything but pictures, Chad. You could fuck yourself. Easy in. We had to lift her up and move her a little bit out. We got her. But I do think what we learned from that short shanked heavier hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want your fly to fucking yeah, survive. Exactly. If not, you're gonna torch through a lot of them. I gotta make some more lefties because they destroyed me. Did they? S- have a, like a color preference? And, and then you threw I only white have and blue? white. I had white, all white, which once I ran out of all white, then I went to white and blue. And I never had to get to the white and chartreuse. Cause they just kept eating that. So I just stayed with it. Okay. Let's put it that way. All white or white and blue at this point. I don't know. White and gold. Yeah. Flash. So white with any other color so at this that I have point, in Bucktail. At this point, that's what hybrid we've got flies? out of it. And I know we'll get a lot Unweighted more. Unweighted hybrid flies. How we want to run them? Yeah, that's definitely something there. Yeah, you don't works. want that. Like I said, you want the suspending motion, yeah. not the jigging motion. Because most of my hybrid flies are weighted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even the last little one, I could I watched it move. Yeah, you want it to do <coughs> just float and, and just yeah. like this. Okay. I just slapped it down. What was maybe three feet uh, further than my rod tip? I mean, I and I saw. I haven't said more. There's one right there. There's one right there. Just. Oh, there he is, Mark. Yep. It was it was probably 17 inches. Yeah, it was a little, <laughs> it was little, little tiny, itty-bitty fish. Like, that's a little baby, but that was still fun. But still, man, that's cool. It was still fun to watch the attack, watch like see the fish. Like, eh, I didn't see him, but I saw his motion. I mean, if eh. you, seriously, <laughs> if you hooked into a 10-pounder, oh, man. You'd have your hands full? It'd be everything a 9-way could hold. You'd want a 10. I mean, it would blister you. You'd want a net. <laughs> That's what the fuck you would want. I don't you have a fucking net. I don't think a seven would hold that fish <clears> when he starts going ballistic at the side. Yeah, you definitely want a net. <laughs> yeah. You want him fly, I think, like... Mm, no, this. This fly. This fly That's would the be same the one. Hook. 
Oh, I'm not worried about the hook. I'm just saying, like, this size fly, which is a... Like a five-inch? Yeah, yeah like a five-inch, but it's got more bulk. This fly will have a little more bulk. It's one of Mark's, uh, like... Minnow, mini minnows. Yeah, a little mini minnow. So, uh, yeah, it, it. I think this would work even, just because it would hold a little more of a bulk to it. It has a little more, you know, I think a little more bucktail. On, on the A-Rex no. saltwater minnow hooks? That was a one-off that it bent out. The A-Rex saltwater minnow hooks would... Probably be where it's at. Yes and no, because here where it runs into the big problem with them, that hook is a lot thicker. You, it's, you can't penetrate them fish the way it is with these little small, sharp needle points. You're not going to hmm. put one of them hooks in them. You're going to have them thrash them off right at the side of the boat. If you net them quick, hmm. yeah, but you're not going to penetrate that big hook. Them things are just armor. Yeah, that might be that man. That might be like I'm the thinking right there the Gami SL12S. That is a short shank hook that you can build the body length you need off of the bucktail. And you got good torque with them, so it's not going to bend the hook out. But it's thin enough and it's stiff enough. Mm-hmm. That'd be a perfect hook. We'll see. So we got, I mean, if Eric's has something we can find relatively close. L- but like I said, the, they're a saltwater minnow. Yeah, but it goes a lot thicker, though, gauge. We'll have That's to see. That's what worries me, because them, them things are burying a hook in one of them. Yeah, if, it is if, tough. If the, if this gets bent out on one ten pounder, I will retire the fly. That's fine. <laughs> as long as it lands it, yeah. that's fine. That, that's all it needs is one fish. Yeah. I tell oh, you sure. one too. The snapping turtle we saw in him oh was my no ten pounder. That dude probably went forty fifty. I think it was huge. Came up surface <laughs> probably six foot from the boat. So did you guys cast at it? No, no. <laughs> I've hooked them before. I don't. I've hooked I think three now. They're miserable. They I, fight like a log. They do. They go get down on the bottom. I hooked a fucked. massive soft shell at our dam years ago, and I'm telling you what, that thing was the. It, it was like they'll go bury the themselves. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You'd fight it down, you pull it up. You fight it down, you pull it up, and then it would just sink. We've caught them over in a pond before, and they mm-hmm. they really suck. They're f- like fighting a log. Yep. And they're not easy to get off. This one had like moss growing all over its back. <laughs> I mean, it was it was an ancient ancient thing. It, he was fucking humongous, like you said. It was. I was something I didn't even want to think about touching. The I've ecosystem of that area is impressive, though. That was cool. Very, Very cool. impressive. Must be all the pigeon crap. Yep. All <laughs> the pigeon shit just makes everything grow so good. You'd like hurry up and snap your head real quick. Is that a fish? No, it's just a pigeon crap, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, I told my wife when I got home, I said, seriously, this morning, just, just I didn't even get one to the boat, but just the action, seeing the fish, like... Getting a like watching the eats and man, that's the most fun I've had with my pants on in forever since since the spring I would say mm-hmm. with you know just with the smallmouth being off the chain no with the hybrids yeah before yeah. that yeah and you know just not hook not, not even trying to set a hook this one you have to actually set a hook though then you just kind of let you know let it go but let them do the work this is like a serious fucking hook set mm-hmm. Mark probably brought this fish to the boat because he has a serious fucking hook set when he strip sets, and mine's probably not as brutal, to be completely honest. That and, you know, the glass rod is a little less forgiving right at the boat as well. Yeah. You know, I could have used maybe something a little stiffer, but, you know, we were trying out new rods, and I don't give a shit about pictures, and all I wanted was to watch one fucking smash something anyway. (laughs) Oh, we got all of that. Yes. That was a cool, cool day. That was definitely something we're going to do a lot more of. Oh, for sure. I'm in. Yeah. I called Dad, and as soon as I left your house, I called no. my dad. I said, dude, you have to go try this. 
You will shit yourself. Are we going next week? Oh, fuck yeah, Sunday. I'm in. As long as... I'm in. <laughs> I might have my... I might have my game... My, my, the, the, wow. Huh? Get it out there, man? The bridge. There we go. Bridge delivered. So oh, okay. If oh. that is, I don't know, because uh, my father might be going camping. If he goes camping, then yes, I'm good, because I'm floating Clarion Saturday. What? Family float in a... Going with a wife, daughter, and uh, her sister. Are you everybody. going in tubes? Yes. Oh, jeez, Mark, you are going to shoot yourself. I do you, on the way here... Do I you want you, my tube? On, on the way here, <laughs> I told Aim, I said... You know how hard it's going to be for me floating down there without a fly around my hand? So I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to look at every little nook and cranny and be like, boom, Clouser. Strip, strip. Bam! There he is! There he is! You'll be doing that all day. Imagine being on a boat for seven days and not doing that. I know. No. <laughs> I just only got it for one. But my father-in-law might be bringing the bridge because we uh, got like a nice little fire area out in our woods that we have. And there's a creek that runs through it. Well, the culvert pipe and the big... Bridge that I built out of stone got smashed with rain a couple of years ago and blew it out. And was that was nice. just over last that last, was last winter. Year. Yeah, yeah, no, last or yeah, end of last year, like last, last fall. September. Yeah. yeah, yep. We got massive rains and it just it torched it. So he was willing to build us a new bridge and supposed to bring it Sunday. But again, he might go camping and if he does, I said don't worry about it. bring it the week after. So if that case, yes, I'm in. I'm in because I I got to fish both if days. Not, you can take my boat. I don't care. More we'll take two boats. We'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah. I'll pop a new tail light on it over the week. Nice part is with them new ones, they're plug and play. Easy I'll as that. I'll seal all this one all the way around. You'll be good. Don't worry. We smashed into the pylons today. I'm not scared no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. We wiped that boat off everything. <laughs> so, good. I want to talk about this little minnow you tied. This thing is freaking sweet. This is sexy shad all Thank the way. You. That is sexy shad. That's what I was going mm-hmm. on. But yeah. That, that's what that's I was thinking. KVD sexy shad. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was fishing with Matt, and he was throwing uh, big triple D and Ds, and so they had one in a shad color, and I was like, I'm going to make up a little sexy shad. He was throwing D and Ds for the hybrids? For the, um, oh, for a little bit for the hybrids, but mainly for the pike in the creek. Okay. Yeah. He was throwing big D and Ds. So uh, I was talking to Tommy about that, and he said that's why Schultz made the swinging Ds. Pike. Yeah. That way you don't have to worry about all that deer hair work getting chewed up. <laughs> you know, you put a foam head on it, and it it does the same action. Yeah, and you don't have all the deer hair work. Smart idea. So uh, next time we make a an order to a fly shop, I'm gonna order some popper heads. There you go. Yeah, bro. So do we have anything else we want to hit on tonight, guys? No, man. So I want everyone to go check out Wolf Rod Company. Go check them out at a uh, at Wolf Rod Company, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes to the to the rod company. Check them out. These dudes have tested the rods out, and they love them. I, mm-hmm. So I'm, far, so great. You know, you use them, and then, you know, kind of found out what, like, the price point was on them, and I'm like, no fucking way. That river wolf? No way. I'm going to put that thing through the works this winter. So. We st- when I start getting into the bank game again, I'm going to take that rod for a swing. Nice, high-quality rods. Absolutely. Good price point. Also, tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check out the new and improved Urban Fly Company website at urbanflycompany.com. And there's going to be a lot more after Wednesday. Oh, That's booyah. Meeting. Yeah, I think I got another like 15, 20 products going up. 
Then uh, the month after in August will be a new product. The minis we've been talking about, they've been swam, they've been used. They've caught they've fish. Dows, we know what to do. <laughs> so I'm going to make up a whole line of them, and that will probably be coming up like end of August. So this this dude right here needs to be on the side. That will be coming soon, this except needs to be without the jacked-up opposite feather on the side. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that uh, one could yes, go in my box. The uh, <laughs> Actually, the mini minnow I put up a couple days ago. I'm holding it right here. Uh, that one. That will that'll be coming in the future, too. A uh, lot of other standard stuff like this. Bucktail deceivers. Hollow flies. Clousers. Getting into the deer tail game. I like it. Look at you. It. Stepping up to the deer tail. And another thing, too, <laughs> that I want to play with a lot more. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been, it's been years. I, I may as well now. Another thing I kind of want to get into, too. Oh, the stackers you got. Do you want to talk about them for a second? Just yeah, before, a we, before we end the show, yeah. What, did, what were we talking about? The stackers. You stackers? got a couple of stackers? Or well, or yeah, Minnesota t- uh, yeah, Minnesota Tool Company. Yeah. That's something we'll hit rare at the end. Yeah. Uh, it's a, like the pen cap. It's nice. And, you know, it's it's this isn't a tool that I can't say you need to have this. Because, yeah, I mean, you can use a pen cap. You can put it there. One of the things I did is I always had it behind my ear. I got sick of it because I... It wasn't there. I was knocking on my head. I was rolling off the table. You couldn't do it if you had glasses on. I can't exactly. have. I can't have okay. anything by my so ear. So you sit there and it rolls off. This is a tool form for your hand. It's just for reverse winding deer hair. And the more you use it, the more like it. It's a neat little tool. Is it necessary? No. Is it nice to have? Absolutely. And it has worked from everything to little the whole way up through big the shanks. I've tied with a couple you said weeks now. Two different sizes. There's two different sizes, and you know what? Myself, I use the bass trout one on the big size. That's a perfect, it's almost like a pen cap size. Then the other ones are even bigger, and then there's four total sizes with them. What, like mm. a front side and a back side to yep. it? Yep, yep, they flip over. And they're like molded uh, plastic, so they're solid. You're not going to break them. They're durable. They're going to last forever. It's a nice little product. So Minnesota Tool Company. Look like something I needed to come hang out and use. Or Minnesota. Yeah, first. Yeah. But MN, Min- fly, MN Fly Tool. Okay, cool. MN Fly Tool. So check them out. That's a neat little That's on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram, yep. We're going to start through our uh, stuff. And we, did you say Predator Fly Gear already? I did not. At I just PredatorFlyGear.com, right? Predator Fly Gear. I just started out with Mark, man. Check out Sims at SimsFishing.com. All my flies tied on A-Rex. Check them out at A-Rexhooks.com. Yeti, built for the wild. Hey, check out our buddy Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding. He has all the flies you need and some of the materials also. Check him out at queencityguiding.com. Why not fishing? Check out their app, The Dog. We cover our list. I think we got our list, guys. Our invisible list that we all look around at each other for. Hey, guys. We got some good shows coming up. Not next week, but the week after. We are going to have a legend in the fly fishing podcasting game. His name is Mr... What the fuck do you say, Chad? I said... Remember that one time we saw this shit live?